On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, Matt and Nick may have too many topics to talk about after the past few months of the Star Wars news drought. They've got all sorts of rumor and speculation pieces to cover, such as Qui-Gon in Kenobi, Din in the Book of Boba, and even a possible Ahsoka series description. After they're done lamenting the fact that leakers get credit for the same speculation they spew on the show, Matt will break down the latest High Republic comic while Nick lays down Phase 2 for the books. They'll also have some Bad Batch episode count news and a few new toy reveals to discuss before they launch into this week's fan segment, which features a Star Wars v. Marvel Battle Bracket update, fan responses to the question of the week, and the top five Star Wars artist features of the week. Enough Star Wars for ya? Punch it, Chewie! everybody and look who is first in line it is none other than young liam good to see you my friend the tiktok champion is here he is gracing our or he's gracing us with his tiktok type of presence so hey Hey, now, that's how we're doing it. Welcome to the Star Wars Time Show. Notice how, or no, I, I still did say it, didn't I, Nick? I said, welcome to a brand new episode of the Star Wars Time Show, which, again, <laughs> makes no fucking sense. But this is a Star Wars Time Show, and we're not known to make sense. And that's why you all supposedly love us, or at least the 500 of you that have found us and have stuck with us, but forgot to tell uh, the rest of your <laughs> friends to exponentially grow uh, the audience here. I feel like my light, my mic is overly loud today, but I can't really tell. You so. sound good on my end. I mean, All you right. may be blowing out the eardrums of everybody on the other side, but you know what? We do this show for us. That's right. For you, <laughs> that- for you me, and the cats <laughs> that like to limber around our keyboards while we're recording. Indeed. Uh, but no, dude, we got a ton of stuff, a ton yeah. of Star Wars stuff to talk this week. Uh, yeah, welcome back to a brand new episode. All right, bang, bang. You're, you got me. I <laughs> fucked it up again. That's all right. We, we can keep that as a, as an inside joke. It makes hey, absolutely no sense. Um, and there's, Hey, there's my buddy, Brian Harvey. Look at him coming in. He's, he's, uh, he's dropping his bathroom habits on us. There we is go. He, is he taking a deuce? Is he taking a pee? Brian, oh. just don't sit for too long because hemorrhoids can develop. I just hope I am, that uh, he doesn't have a thirty-minute pee because that could that could be an issue. That he would be insane. Yeah, that, that's like Guinness doctor. Book of World Record type of shit. I mean, yeah. that, that's like he has a mutant bladder <laughs> and an even more mutant prostate to be able to hold that shit back. Yeah. Uh, but hey, we, we we appreciate everyone showing up to watch the opening hour of the Star Wars Time Show. And like I said, we have a ton of Star Wars topics to get into. As Nick was saying before we went live, they're, they're, they're not really meaty. They're not really substancy. Yes, mm-hmm. that's a word. Look it up in the Urban Dictionary. I bet it's there. <laughs> uh, but they're, they're, there's plenty to riff on. So that's why we're going to start with Lord of the Rings. 
Yes, we're going to start with Lord <laughs> of the Rings. I mean, because, you know, that is the most obvious subject to start with when you're on a Star Wars podcast, right? Right? Yeah, well, Nick, uh, he hit me up last night and he's like, oh, oh, mighty keeper of the Star Wars time show <laughs> microphones. Will you please turn down your hot air for once at the onset of a show and let me talk about what I got into over the week? And I was like, you know what, Nick? I'm going to share my ball, not my balls. <laughs> I like my balls and Nick doesn't want them, but I'm, I'm going to share the ball. I'm going to let him kind of to, to, to kick off our opening segment, which is usually just us bullshitting about what we've done in real life in between the last brand new episode of the Star Wars Time Show. And uh, it, it sounds like Nick went out to a movie theater. So, you know, he's not being smart, but he, he's having fun. <laughs> so he, he went out to a movie theater with the lady love and and they made an event out of it. This wasn't just going to check out a movie. This was going to check out an opus. Yeah. And what I'm talking about is, in my opinion, second best trilogy of all time. I, I can't put it in front of Star Wars, especially on the Star Wars time show. Although if you <laughs> held a gun to my head and we really broke things down and, and just got into technicalities of, of filmmaking and storytelling... I may even say that Peter Jackson's Lord of the Ring trilogy is the best movie trilogy of all time. But where we're going here, apparently down in Texas where the virus has been eradicated. So <laughs> that's why Nick went to the theaters. Uh, the the was Alamo was doing yeah. a marathon of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, starting with Fellowship, running through Return. Well, so the way they did it was it was broken into, so you didn't have to sit for all twelve hours. Oh, you basically. pussy! You should so have got we, an adult diaper, <laughs> strapped yourself in, drank a bunch of Mountain Dew, pissed yourself, shit yourself, ate so much candy you vomited to yeah. enjoy Tolkien's masterpiece. But uh, so the way they did it was it was essentially so this is. 2021 is the 20 year anniversary of the release of Fellowship in theaters. It's and, crazy. Uh, it's yeah, I know. So fucking like when old. I was, when dude. I heard that, I was like, "Holy shit!" Oh. But um, so what they were doing is they were they had a uh, they they were showing the theatrical cuts of the movies, and it was over like a roughly a three week period of time. We saw all three of them in two and a half weeks, and at the end of the credits of each uh, movie, they have a pre-recorded interview with Stephen Colbert as the host. And then for each movie, there are different members of the cast or crew. Um, and they do like a 40 minute long Q and a, so the first movie was, you know, the first movie Q and a was with, uh, Elijah Wood, Sean Astin, uh, Billy Boyd, and then, uh, Dominic. Hey Nick, Monahan. is it like a modern Q and a, or is this like they pull an archival footage or, or did Colbert like round these guys up in 2020, 2021? No, he, to he do got this? them all on zoom. So like everybody was there. Okay. Oh, that, that's pretty cool. That's fucking yeah. cool. I like that. And this was all set up by Elijah because essentially like Colbert went to him and was like, Hey, you know, 20th anniversary. I know that we can't be in theaters and do anything, but would you be willing to do like an interview with me? on the 20th anniversary of Lord of the Rings. And right. Elijah was like, yeah, for sure. And, and guess what? I'll round up as much of the cast and crew as I can. And we'll all do them. Like we'll all do Q and A's with you. Um, so the first, the first movie was all the hobbits. The second, uh, so two towers was Vigo Mortensen, uh, Kate Blanchett. Oh my and God. Orlando Bloom. Oh my goodness. <laughs> that is, that's probably the, the, the three most beautiful people that acted in Lord of the Rings. I mean, yeah. uh, Vigo, Kate, 
in Orlando Big Cock Bloom. Yeah. Has, has everyone heard the legend <laughs> of Orlando's penis? I've heard it like a long time ago. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, it was actually spotted in the wild back when he was courting uh, Katie. Yeah. Uh, I guess he was doing like some of that, what is it, uh, paddle boarding? Oh, okay. Like, where yeah. you kind of stand up and he's like, you know what? I have a huge ass snake. I'm just going to paddleboard nude. <laughs> and he did. And, and you know, paparazzi or someone got him. But I've heard Howard talk about this a lot. Orlando is on the show and did confirm that he has a baby's arm in between yeah. his legs. Above average. So, yes. Um, much above <laughs> average. Like, like beer can. Yeah. That's pretty. That's why that explains a lot for, for Katie. Um, and then. The uh, the final movie was Peter Jackson himself. Love that. And guy. then you had Ian McKellen and you had Love Andy that Serkis. Guy. Love that guy. Yeah. I mean, it was I mean, like the Q&A's were really amazing. And then like um, Stephen, if you know Stephen Colbert, you know, he's a massive fan. Hardcore. Of Lord of the Rings Hardcore. Like probably a bigger fan of Lord of the Rings than Nick and I are of Star Wars. Yeah. Like, I mean, like he's. It you could see the joy in his face. Like for every interview, like he would pull out his. He, you could see his. His uh, replica, um, like uh, Aragorn's sword, Narsil well, in the back, and he would like pull it out and he would show it. And he didn't would pull Jackson out. give him a cameo in either The Hobbits or The Lord of the Rings it's as in, an elf? It's in The Hobbit, yeah. And then he also has one of the four hero stings that was used in the Lord of the Rings movies. Uh, and he pulled look at that. that out See, it pays people. to be fucking famous. Yeah. So he, it, I mean, it was really a great experience, and for me. Kind of like you were saying offline, Matt, is like you really haven't watched them in a while. And I hadn't either, especially the theatrical cuts. So all of right. these were the theatrical cuts, you know, the longest being three, three hours, 20, three hours, 30 with Return of the King. And Taylor had never seen um, Return of the King, period. Like she had never seen that movie. Well, I was going to say she hasn't seen them all. I was like, well, you probably made the smart decision, not not loading her up with the yeah. the unabridged editions. Well, I tried to like the last time that I that I, you know, did an attempt at Lord of the Rings. It was when probably a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. And I tried. I was like, hey, you 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 said you haven't seen Lord of the Rings, so let's do it. And I was like, we're going to do it hardcore. We're going to watch the fucking that extended edition Blu-ray. Yeah. And we got we got halfway like we literally got to the disc change in fellowship and it was over <laughs> so yeah, she, she, she was, was like, like no nope, i can't this. do this um, it is i mean really i mean unless you're a hardcore tolkien book fan peter and company the editors they really did a good job at, at trimming his visions down into theatrical releases yeah because most of the stuff that is in the extended editions are direct nods to iconic book moments exactly like it's stuff uh, that you don't really need and even in there you still leave out uh, you know oh plenty a lot of stuff you know plenty. tom bombadil and a right. lot of the other things that are in these movies like you don't get to see a lot of Faramir and Eowyn. Um, so like there's still stuff that had to be left out. But, you know, after I finished watching Return of the King, I basically like I messaged him out and I was like, dude, you know, we just finished Return. Um, and, and just for those of you who are interested, like the way that the theater was set up is you have to wear everybody has to wear masks all the time. And then we were the only people in our row. Um, it, so it was awesome. That's a bonus. I just, I mean, down there, I fear for your life. <laughs> yeah. I no, mean, I know you're intelligent, but there's, there's yeah. a lot of unintelligence going yeah. on. They're, they actually the like Alamo draft house, like physically removed seats from rows oh, to like, okay. you know, make sure that there was no shenanigans and stuff like that. And 
You could only book uh, You know that. what? I mean, good on them for keeping all that in place, even after Abbott's dumbass disbanded yeah. all the, the, yeah. the edicts. So good so, on them. So, I mean, it was it was as safe as you can get in a theater. Obviously, you're still going to have like, you know, sometimes a person will walk past you. But well, the idiots that feel the need to fucking gorge their faces. <laughs> I, I still you know, you've heard me bitch about this yeah. before, Nick. And if you do like to eat in a theater, you know what? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> but I, I think people that. I, I, it's like they, they, they save a cheat day for the movie theater. I, I don't get it. Like watch the fucking movie. You, you can't hear what they're saying when you go, I know I can't fucking hear it. And I'm sitting right next to you and I can hear you chewing through your face. Yeah. Yeah. No, I it, have it, that it, disorder though. There is a, it's, I forget what it's called. A lot of my family members have it. And, and apparently intelligent people will get this. So Nick, I don't know if you have it too, but when you hear people eating, do you want to kill them? It depends on the, the circumstance, but yeah, like sometimes... Like, like even, have, even if they're eating with their mouth closed, but you can still hear the chewing and what... Like nothing they can even do. Like I'm talking, you could be a perfect mouth-closed eater, and if I hear you chewing, I there's a good chance I may reach out and just be like... And slit your throat. <laughs> I don't ever get to that level, but it like I do notice it from time to time. Yeah, it's it's a and disorder. Like, Look it up, people. It's an it is a true disorder where, it, as I said, Nick could be sitting there, mouth closed, doing his best not to you know be like rah rah rah, and just me. I, I even myself, like you know, when you drink water and you can hear it, like yourself, you can hear yourself like the gulps. If I make too many gulps, I want to stab myself in my eye. <laughs> so it's it, this is like blanket. It's it's I don't want to hear myself eat. I don't want to hear other people eat. Ask my wife. Ask anyone that lives with me. When we eat, either the TV has to be on or music has to be on. If it's perfectly quiet, there's a good chance my family will be walking out of the uh, dining room with forks in their heads. <laughs> Even my little one. Like my little one, I gave her a pass. Because she was little. She's a baby, but, yeah. But but even now, like at five, I mean, she still eats like an animal. Like there'll be shit all around the floor where she eats or, you know, she'll eat like my dad. Like, yum, yum. And I'm like, God damn it, Charlie, you, you better fucking chew with your mouth closed or I'm going to smash your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't get it to that degree. All but, right. Well, you're saying I'm not. So carry uh, on. Carry on uh, but that. um, I, I messaged Matt and I was like, and there is a link to Star Wars in this story. So I was just like going through like. <laughs> You know, talking about the experience and everything like that, telling them that, you know, basically I can see why, especially for Return of the King, Peter Jackson won Best Director. Um, because that movie is three and did, a half did, hours. That movie won, what, like 14 Oscars? It pretty much cleaned house. It, it, it won a lot of stuff. I mean, it won a lot of stuff that, like, back then, I mean, you have to remember, 2000, like, these movies released 2001, 2003. I'll never forget it, because I just moved to Texas. Like, I got my big boy job out of college. They relocated me to Texas. I remember watching the Oscars just because the, the buzz was uh, Return of the King is going to fucking clean house yeah. as a as a fantasy fiction movie, which exactly. never happened. And that was the big narrative, is like, yes, it won a lot of the, the categories and stuff like that, that fantasy fiction usually does, you know, like like best special effects, sound mixing, stuff like that. But to win best director for a movie like that, it, it had never happened before. Like, you know, all of these, all of like the, the highly regarded wins always go to some bullshit art film that 55 people saw and then the Academy right. likes. But it was the first time that like some, a movie that like 
was normal people like yeah, yeah just fucking geeks normal people not not yeah. not the high art society yeah like that movie came out and just blew it open and he won best director and then when i started thinking about it i was like you know man i really think that the reason that we all kind of you know people people who weren't children when the the prequel trilogy came out who were older maybe in their you know teens early 20s stuff like that kind of around like you know matt you were in, you were like probably what 23 24 when um when return of the uh, i mean revenge of the I was, Sith came out i was 25 when the 20. prequel wrapped yeah it came okay, out yeah. in 2005 i believe so yeah. i was i was about to turn 25 yeah so i was like 17 18 and like for people like us like the the fact that Lord of the Rings existed at the same time and, and almost re- released in a very close cadence to Star Wars, I feel like that really affected the way that we perceived Star Wars. Because if you if you think about it at the time, those movies, even though they're in completely like you could say that they're in completely different genres, one of them is a sci-fi, like, you know, action movie, and then one of them is like a high fantasy film. Like at the time, they were both considered like, oh, this is like geeky nerd stuff. And like they were kind of pitted against each other. And when you compare those two trilogies next to each other, it is like it's not even close. And I feel like that colored a lot of our perceptions of the Star Wars films, because you have this direct competition where you have some of the best movies ever made releasing in tandem. I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I kind of see where you're going and I'm trying to put myself back in, in that era, you know, 99 Phantom Menace comes out. I go see it 10 times in the theaters. It's still my favorite prequel movie. So come get some, (laughs) you revenge the Sith freaks. TPM is the best. Thank you. Discussion is over. Just go ask Sir Dork. But anyways, here's here's how I kind of take that. I um I kind of after Attack of the Clones and I saw the writing on the wall, I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? I, I can tell myself in my mind only so long uh-uh, <laughs> that that Star Wars is going to it's gonna redeem itself in, in the third movie, right? That you know, I yeah. kept telling myself, like, you know what? TPM, awesome. Darth Maul, that was great. Attack of the Clones, hey, big set pieces. The Clones, Yoda had a lightsaber, right? He had a lightsaber. You know, you're, you're justifying everything. But you're yeah. like, you know what? It doesn't matter. Episode 3, man, Anakin's going to make his turn. That's what I've been waiting for. That's what I've been dreaming about ever since they announced this. And then that comes out. And, yeah. and after I saw that, that's when I finally had to, to sober up. Yeah, I had to face my Star Wars reality, and that reality was that the prequels just did not live up to the standards that I had set for them. Yeah. Um, and- now, that's my opinion, but I, I, I believe most Star Wars fans, especially those of us that were adults during that time, will agree in some form or fashion that the prequels, while neat to look at, while fun and flashy... Uh, weren't the best uh, delivered stories we could have got. There's some really bad scenes. There's some bad acting. There's some goofy looking visuals because of what George was trying to do. So to to juxtapose what Nick was saying with Lord of the Rings, and it may have affected how we perceive Star Wars, I, I thought it was more Lord of the Rings gave me an outlet to deal with my disappointment from Star Wars. Yeah. It, it gave me, 
I, I Nick, I uh, I mean, I knew of Tolkien. I remember The Hobbit as a kid. I watched you know, like the, the trippy LSD cartoon, The Hobbit, and I think mm-hmm. even the, the cartoon Lord of the Rings. But I didn't know shit. I, I remember, you know, Burger King, all the fast food, they're doing the promotion for Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings, the fellowship. I'm like, oh, whatever. It, it looks geeky. I'm a geek. I'll go check it out. I remember watching Fellowship, and you're telling me that was 2001, right? So two 2001, years, yeah. Two years after The Phantom Menace. So I go into Fellowship with no expectations outside. Man, this is long as fuck. I, hopefully I can get through it and don't hate it. Yeah. I came out of that going, holy shit. How have I missed this story my entire geeky nerd life? Yeah. How has someone not ever sat me down and said, you need to read these three fucking books? You owe it to your inner nerd to read Tolkien's masterpiece. And, and that's, and, and you know, I, I, I do see where you're going with the Star Wars and Lord of the Rings and how they were competing and how they're, you know, one's fantasy, one's sci-fi, and they may have affected how we perceive the other. But for me, it, Star Wars kind of tanking with the prequels allowed me to redirect my fanboy nature into... the Tolkien verse yeah and I went hardcore I mean I bought all the books I got the hardbacks the nice ones the Tolkien estate copies I got the Silmarillion uh, the unfinished tales one and two I mean all of his unfinished works I've read all that shit I mean that's how I got through college and that's why I don't know shit about programming because I just sit there and read (laughs) fucking Tolkien books in my college courses yeah. But th- that's how I uh, that's kind of how I when I look back on it, it wasn't so much that Lord of the Rings excellence made the Star Wars prequels conundrum even worse for me. It actually made the pain of my disappointment less yeah. because I had another fake universe to latch onto and love and dive into as if it were real life. Yeah. While like, the one that raised me and made me who I am. It, it kind of like cheated on me. I, I felt it, it did me dirty. And and we've talked about this before. I, I kind of moratoriumed the Star Wars movies from 2005, I think almost until they sold it to Disney and I knew that we were going to get new movies. I, I stuck with the Clone Wars because I was liking that. But the movies themselves, the originals, the prequels, I was like, you know what? I, I need to take some time off. That that prequel thing just <laughs> just didn't go the way I had planned. I'm not going to act like a fucking baby and say that George has ruined my life and I'm canceling him like a lot of you ass wipes did with Disney stuff. <laughs> but I was disappointed. And, and I was like, you know what? Fuck you, Star Wars. Thank you, Tolkien Wars. Yeah. And I think that like the, the closest thing to me when you look at it was you're working in a time where even like pre Phantom Menace, like, the special effects that were seen in movies before 1999 were still like, like go back and watch some like late nineties. They're terrible, bro. I I just watched it and and I need you to slap me for this, but this happens sometimes on the weekends when I'm getting up and down, not paying attention, but I've watched the core, the movie, the core, which came out in 2003. Yeah. Twice now over the past two days. Wow. Okay. I think and I and and, and to your point, that movie's in two thousand three, and the special effects look like fucking puke. Yeah, and I mean they go into the earth, Nick, and it <laughs> looks like a a high school kid from the nineties CG project to 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 mimic lava and stuff. I mean it is <laughs> it is embarrassing. Yeah. So like at that time, like 
you know, you didn't really have a lot of CG heavy films because it couldn't be done well. And then you get two of these two trilogies that release at the same time and they do it. They do it in different ways. But in, in the end, like you have to look at what what Peter Jackson did with Lord of the Rings and realize that he did what Lucas should have done. Like he used CG in a way that enhanced the environment around him and didn't rely on it so heavily to do everything. Like the biggest difference for me in, in that, in those trilogies is in, is in attack of the clones and two towers. And it's like, you can remove the story elements from it completely. Attack of the clones was essentially a movie that was filmed entirely in front of a green screen. There was, there was no real atmosphere there outside of like maybe when they were in the fields on fucking uh i mean outside like the floors and shit most everything was not real yeah and then you and then you look at a movie like two towers where it is a cg heavy movie i mean all of the lord of the rings trilogy is but it's done in a way where you can't really tell a lot of the time like when you see Ministerium, and, and you're saying that now, like even on the big screen, which you yeah. just watched, the the effects of Jackson's LOTR trilogy still hold up. Yeah. So these were newly, like this was like the new remaster. Is it 4K. the? Because I, I was gonna say, like I, I'm kind of jealous you you've done this because I've been ever since they released the theatrical cuts of LOTR and I think The Hobbit in 4K. Yeah. And that's within the past four months. Uh, I, I think my dumbass even rebought them, even though I, I, I have every version of these fucking movies you can get. I've got the DVDs, yeah. the Blu-rays, the regulars, mm-hmm. the extendeds, Same. the Blu-rays and the extendeds. It's like, who fucking cares? Uh, so you think they, they just probably played you that new 4K cut? Oh, they did, for sure, because yeah. that was said in the beginning of every movie. Stephen Colbert says these are the 4K remasters okay, done by awesome. Peter Jackson that's himself. That's fucking dope. That is dope. So I'm and guessing I, your theater just has like a fucking killer 4K projector. And- yeah, yeah. They um, It's like uh, Alamo Drafthouse uses all of the Sony 4K. Like, yeah, you know, and I, I've actually heard, like you said, this wasn't a bullshit like a re-res i mean jackson's Mm -mm. team actually went through and and i've read that you can see noticeably different brightness uh like like the coloring is is a little more rich even though the film kind of had a a tone to it like a like a like a darker wash yeah Uh, but it does seem like they uh uh they they cleaned it up in the 4k yeah and and like even with the 4k re-res and everything like that those movies look incredible. Like when you see Minas Tirith, the city, it looks real from a distance. And you can't say that about a lot of Star Wars stuff in the prequel trilogy. So just the, the fact that oh, you're were... trying to tell me when Anakin was surfing <laughs> on a, a fucking space cow, that didn't look real. It, I know, man, it's it's hard to believe that, but I don't think it was as good as the, oh the orcs and stuff in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, but he wished he could wish it all away, Nick. He, he did do that. But it was it just struck me so hard because, you know, we've been doing this podcast for such a long time. And and like I had kind of I haven't ignored Lord of the Rings necessarily. It's always been a huge part of my fandom and of my just nerd culture love, you know, since I was a kid, since I was a teenager and they released. But it's just like I had a like a brand new appreciation for it after seeing it in this way and it just made me kind of draw those comparisons between these two trilogies and then also it made me think about like well well because i like before like i'm going through and i'm watching the hobbit trilogy again and just uh, like i've never seen the last one i like i i had such a bad taste in my mouth from 
<laughs> from the first one and then Desolation of Smog that I was like, I, I don't need to see this yeah. again. Like, I don't need to see it. It's just so like you can see that Jackson made the same mistake that Lucas did in his prequel trilogy. And I know that there's a lot of stories behind it. And, you know, it wasn't supposed to be him to start with. Oh, yeah, he took over at the Guillermo. very end. It was Del Toro was supposed to do it and all this stuff. But he'd made the same mistake. He took a section of time where there's very little source material for The Hobbit. And he stretched it out into this. is The unextended version of, of the first Hobbit movie is two hours and 50 minutes long. That's longer than... The, the first Lord of the Rings movie, right. and I think it's longer than Two Towers. Because The Hobbit, he takes them up to basically getting out of the, the orc cave, right? Yeah. and like then, Out of the frying pan into the fire, that chapter, I think, is where that ends up. And it's like, you can see that he stretched his source material too much. And then he also did a lot to, you know, he brought in a lot of characters that weren't in the books. Like, you know, you see Galadriel and you see a lot of other characters. He added characters that just didn't exist before. So he tried to, instead of making the Hobbit movie, he made the Hobbit a direct lead in to Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And you can feel that in the movie. Like, and then also, I don't know if it's what you mentioned, like, you know, the, the, the original film for Lord of the Rings had a bit of a darker tone to it, but like I watched the Hobbit and I'm like, dude, the, the, the special effects in Lord of the Rings is better than what we're seeing in the Hobbit. And I don't know. I if think it's because... some that fucked the Hobbit, Nick, he, he shot that in, in the high frame rate. He did. Like he actually shot it high frame rate. So I'm sure that fucks a lot of stuff up yeah. when it's going back to 24 versus 30. Uh, I know I saw the, the high frame rate version in theaters and it, it, it's wonky because we're not used to it our eyes because of of blinking and refreshing on screens we're used to seeing images about 24 frames a second so if that goes up gamers will know this more than anybody i mean these days we're we're getting upwards if you have pc or or new consoles we're talking 120 yeah like you know you can game now on on a good pc you know whatever 250 frames per second depending on what you're the shit just it looks so smooth, but it it looks unnatural because we're not used to seeing yeah. stuff that smooth. And I'm pretty sure if you go back, because he's using actors that he had used in the Lord of the Rings and they have to look younger, a lot of the scenes are soft proofed in a way. And like I put I use that term because I know that the toy photographers in our fandom will understand that. Like <laughs> look, they look soft this guy. proof it. He's a pro. Like, he's a, he's a toy. Can... He's a toy photog especially with the scenes with like go back and watch the intro to the Hobbit with when you have Ian Holm there playing Bilbo and you have Elijah playing uh, Frodo again. Look at the scenes with Elrond, with Hugo Weaving, anything with Gandalf in it. I mean, Gandalf's not as bad because he can look old. It doesn't matter. But like like Kate Blanchett, all of these actors that they're pulling in from Lord of the Rings to play the same character in the Hobbit, it just looks weird. And you can tell that they've soft proofed their faces to like make them look younger you know, as they're supposed to at that time. And it like, it it does kind of have a very weird off putting, I don't want to say off putting, but it has like, like you said, an unnatural feel to it. And the movie itself is just brighter. It doesn't have that darker tone. I almost want to say say, it's it's definitely more vibrant than Lord of the Rings in terms of the color grading they went with. Yeah. And it, like the way that my brain processed that is that it felt more sterile. Like in Lord of the Rings, things felt old. 
Like you looked at. It sounds like you needed one more dose of drugs. Yeah. Like it it felt. To get the experience you were looking for. Maybe I did. Maybe I need to (laughs) to take a nice, uh, you know, hit of the the green mother leaf. uh, I don't know, man. You've uh you're getting me closer i think that one of the main reasons i've i've held off it's this whole parenting thing and you know having a five-year-old you kind of want to be around them when they're young before they hate you and if if you commit to the tolkien verse you're, you're talking about days of your life oh, yeah. it's, it's literal i mean like the 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 only reason that i got well taylor did the first movie for me she got it for me for as an anniversary gift she's like hey look you, i don't know if you knew about this but they're doing these special 20th anniversary editions of lord of the rings I got you tickets to go see uh, Fellowship. I think it'll be a good thing. So we went together and then I convinced her. I was like, hey, let's just do all three of them. And I realized with Taylor, the, the only way that I can get her to watch movies that she doesn't want to watch is through experiences like that. There so like go. she didn't want to watch Star Wars. So I was like, guess what? I found Star Wars in a drive in. It'll be fun. And then bang, it, it worked. <laughs> you got to trick her. Yeah. And Pretty soon it's going to be like, hey, I got I got chloroform. You want to go watch the Star <laughs> yeah. Wars movie? With the me? only ones that I uh, that I've been able to get her to watch of her own volition without having something like special around it was Back to the Future. And she right. she just straight up enjoyed Back to All the Future. All three just hit Prime, by the way. So Yeah, and I have the the remaster 4K editions of those, too. See, yeah, I want to go back to those. I just, I don't know if the kid's old enough, although she watched the core with me, and that's... Dude, I that's, think that she's, I think that she might be right at the a good age. I mean, like, yeah, I, I just don't know if words. Back to the Future will will engage yeah. her. Like, the whole yeah. time travel thing, trying to explain that. I mean, uh, I'm still... I'm trying to teach her subtra- uh, subtraction now and yeah. she was getting good at addition, but you throw in subtraction She's and like, it's Whoa. like E equals MC squared. Go fuck yourself. The dad. one that she would definitely get into is two because there's, you go to the future yeah, and there's so many bright stuff. colors no, I, and there's big things and everything. Like it's that, the same so. thing on LOTR. It's like, I, I, I kind of get, uh, I get or, crippled a lot of times. I mean, this happens and I, I bet a lot of you suffer from this as well. We just have too much shit to watch. And so there'll be nights I'll just sit there and I essentially, my favorite program becomes my Apple TV menu (laughs) and I just look at it and then the screensaver comes on and then I'm pretty much defeated and I just look at my phone and go, well, fuck, there's too much to watch. I'll watch nothing. Yeah. Uh, But it's like, oh, Lord of the Rings. Should I start with the theatrical 4K or should I do extended? But the extendeds aren't 4K. You got to watch the best version now. It's like all that weird OCD mat shit kicks in. But all right, man, uh, I think we ate up plenty of time on yeah. on lotr but I, I was definitely jealous of that because as as i told you offline go back I, and do the 4k theatrical just because theatrical. if you haven't watched them in a while like you'll have a new appreciation yeah for them, you're right i feel like you're right i just you know i'm always like bigger's better i'm one of those freaks you know yeah. if, it, if it's extended it's got what the director wanted and blah 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 <laughs> but trying to get her to sit through three plus hours a pop yeah uh i mean the, the like, Snyder wait, daddy's got to change the disc now hold yeah, on i made her i made her do the snyder i didn't really make her i said hey i'm gonna go watch it you want to watch it she's like all right yeah you're you're my dad okay and <laughs> about two hours in she looks at me like hey dad is this ever gonna end <laughs> nope <laughs> i was like not. well uh, about two more hours so yeah it'll it'll <laughs> end soon but all right man so let, let's get into uh this week in star wars and there is plenty to riff on uh, some of it's a bunch of bullshit that people are getting clout for that we should be getting clout for. But hey, that's what we do. We like to to bitch about other people and not worry about how to make ourselves better. We are typical humans. <laughs> 
Uh, but first up, and this is um, this is kind of getting some heat. I don't want to call this a, a leak. I don't want to even call it a rumor. It's a it, it, there's potential now. Mm-hmm. Uh, the powers that be, the story creators at Lucasfilm, the you know behind the the licensing machine, have set up potential for Qui Gon to have some sort of interaction with Obi-Wan or old Ben, as he may be called in the Obi-Wan Kenobi Disney plus series. Yes. All right. So, I mean, we, we, we know some canon behind this Uh, through the clone wars. We learned that Qui-Gon was the first Jedi, at least modern Jedi to figure out how to uh, move on and continue living within the force itself. But because he did not master the technique before Maul stabbed him through the fucking heart, he did not, uh, he was not able to fully realize himself in corporeal form. Yes. But in Yoda's exile, which we, we learn at least the, the, the impetus for it, he trains to learn how to become one with the force because Qui-Gon uh, reached out to him and could talk to him. Yoda yep. couldn't see him, but he could hear Qui-Gon and Qui-Gon pretty much said, Hey buddy, you remember me? I died. You guys didn't fucking like me. I wasn't on the council <laughs> because I actually had a better vision of what Jedi should be than yeah. all you fucking idiots. I had but my hey, own thoughts. Yeah. But yeah, but Hey, you know, I'm here. Guess what? This weirdo that, that likes the, 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 the natural side of the force. I figured out how to stay alive, asshole. And this is how you do it. So, Yoda, we assume, on Dagobah was training in this with with Qui Gon, yeah. And and we also have to assume, knowing that Qui Gon taught Yoda and Qui Gon was Kenobi's master at some point in time, uh, Kenobi and Qui Gon probably also went through Force Ghost yeah. one hundred and one. Yeah, right? and I mean, at the end of Rots too, Yoda basically tells. Obi-Wan, yeah, you need like, you hey, need to, yeah you need to ch- train with yeah, Qui Gon. I'm gonna I'm gonna help you with this. Yes. like you know your old master has returned. I will help you. Exactly. Them, so it's all set up in canon, and it's just like, all right, we we forget about it. Obi Wan turns into a ghost. I mean, he did that back in the fucking seventies. No one questioned it. So mm-hmm. here's where things get interesting, and, and we actually talked about this novel, Nick, uh, many episodes Scott, ago. Yeah. Uh, but it's called Skywalker: A Family at War, and it's essentially just a, a like a biography of the Skywalkers and how fucked up they are, and how yes. they've essentially fucked up the galaxy. Uh, but there's a there's an excerpt in it that explicitly states that it takes ten years for Obi Wan to make first contact with Qui Gon Jinn. So if you put the timelines together, just like Nick said at the end of Revenge of the Sith, Yoda said, "You need to figure this shit out, homie." Well, guess what is set ten years after the end of Revenge of the Sith. I think it's the new Kenobi series, right? Is that is that right? I don't know. That is correct, Nick. You've go. got it. <laughs> you are a leaker. He must have a source. Get him on Reddit. Get this man on Reddit and upvote his ass. <laughs> so, so there you go. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to read the excerpt for you, but it 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 says that Obi Wan did not was not able to commune with Qui-Gon until 10 years after the end of Rots. Yeah. So knowing that the show itself takes place 10 years after, knowing that it's about Kenobi in exile, knowing the the pure fandom boner inducing moment this could provide, <laughs> do they incorporate this little anecdote from this book into a moment in Kenobi? I think that this is the biggest no-brainer that that Disney could have on their hands here, honestly. 
and do they do they leave i i assume qui-gon still has to stay voice only right yeah i mean there's no way that he could have a corporeal i'm glad we agree on that because i i really don't i don't want them to fuck their own canon like star wars is known to do yeah i mean they they could they could just say hey fuck it man eventually he figured it out but um I do think that this is this is an easy win here for them. You know, it's I think it's also one of our earliest speculations that we had once the Kenobi show was announced. Like if you go back and and listen to some of our shows when when there was, you know, speculation and then the official announcement about the Kenobi show, we were like, yeah, man, this could easily set up like a Qui-Gon cameo where he's talking to. There's again, there's where we fail ourselves. (laughs) And, and I'll say this 10 times more before this show's over, because, oh, boy, do we have some just fucking pooflings to talk about. <laughs> yeah. But we should just run with that. Exclusive. Qui-Gon yeah. will be in Kenobi. Exclusive. And then the first lead is, you know, we've our sources said this and blah, blah. I mean, who gives a shit at this point? Why can't I get over that? I need to just start doing it. It yeah. happens every week. Wait until you hear about these two we have for you this week. It's fucking mind-numbingly stupid. Yeah, it's just like, yeah, those two, the two that we'll get to are, are really fucking And they get so dead. much heat on the internet, on the Star Wars fan internet. It is insane. Yeah. But Nick is right. We've been telling you this. We didn't need a fucking book to come out. Yeah. This is I, a no... I, 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 and... Do you want it to be a recurring conversation or is this just something we see briefly maybe after one of his Vader connections or Vader memories? He's got to be like, oh, master, I need you at this time. Something like that. I think, and, it's, a, I think it's a one and done. OK, I mean, yeah. knowing how little I don't say little content, but knowing the, the few episodes that we have, we're only going to have four episodes to the best of our knowledge, like. I don't think that you need it in every episode. I think right. you need that one shot, like that final breakthrough moment. Exactly. Like when like, he it, finally gets it. And yeah. it's got to be at a big moment. Like something big had to have just happened to Obi. And like, he's, he's really, he's really using his homework and what he's learned. And he finally makes that connection with Qui-Gon. Yeah. And you hear Liam's voice uh, just kind of re echo yeah. out through the ether. Yeah. And I mean, if you think about it, Obi-Wan. every, I mean, you know, both seasons of The Mandalorian have done a really good job at kind of obscuring any sort of cameos that were in it or any sort of like big reveals that would have spoiled what was coming later. Like nobody knew that Luke Skywalker was going to be in Mandalorian season two. No fucking way. Like even the the leakiest of leakers did not. That wasn't even on their radar. No no one was sniffing that shit. And, you know. I feel like this is one of those moments where you don't need to announce like, Oh, look, Liam Neeson is in the cast of fucking Kenobi show because it's, it's, it's a perfect moment to where it is just a one interaction thing and it will make fans just lose it. Like you said, it's the moment that we all know that we need to see, but don't want to explicitly say like, well, if this isn't in it, then this show sucks. Because yeah, I don't, I don't feel that way. Like no, me neither. I mean, dude, the, the only way the Kenobi show could suck, and and I would even question this, is if they dressed up you and McGregor, you and McGregor's asshole to look like his face. Yeah, just and done he, it backwards. He essentially Ace Ventura's the entire performance. <laughs> yeah, but I, I could contend even there, there's some quality programming to be seen. I, I agree. So I think that this is, I mean, for especially for creators 
like the people who are in charge of this show and like, you know, the, the executive producer, like Dave Filoni, like you don't think Filoni had this in his head from the moment he's like, Oh, we're doing Kenobi. Like, all right. I know, I know something that we could slip in. Yeah, there. I mean, even though he's not writing or running it, yeah. he's probably passing notes off to the writer oh. and Deborah. Like, hey, by the way, this 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 will go over well, right? Yeah, you know, almost like to use some wrestling sure. terms. <laughs> you know, almost for sure. And uh, I feel like this moment here is something that's easy to pull off. All you need is literally, like, you don't even need to have Liam on set. No. Like you send Liam. No, you, you fucking you know. send him a send him a microphone and get him on Zoom to do a couple takes. He's Obi Wan, Obi Wan, Obi Wan. Yeah, Obi Wan like that. You want me to do like surprise like Obi Wan? <laughs> and then that's it. Bang, you're finished. And it, it would just give you that little bit extra, that that perfect cherry on top of the story of Obi Wan Kenobi, because largely outside of his you know his very early training. We've seen the whole story of Obi-Wan Kenobi played yep. out on screen yep. in front of us. And from, this from is from Padawan really, to death, we've seen yeah. pretty much everything. Yeah, and this is really that last piece that we need to to really complete his full arc. It's like how he went from the end of Rots to being able to fully realize himself as a as yeah. a force ghost at the end. And, of, and let's be real, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan together is some of the best shit in the prequels. I mean, yeah. it, it probably is the best shit outside of Darth Maul. I mean, let's be real. Those two together, I still remember, I mean, th- this just goes to show you how different the internet was back then. I'm pretty sure I went into The Phantom Menace not even knowing that Liam Neeson was in it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, because there was a fucking like, Jedi... I was like, oh, and that guy looks familiar. And then you find out like he's a full on like Jedi master and he's yeah. this pimp dog. And he's I mean, Obi-Wan's. at that time, like especially for news around. This Bro, at that time, we used to have to buy tickets to movies we don't want to watch to watch movie watch. trailers. Yeah. And like, like I remember only, buying Monsters, Inc. tickets to see the fucking Phantom Menace trailer. The only and I get up and leave. That was doing stuff like this online was like, ain't it cool news? Like right. you didn't even have like major outlets were, were they you know, they're doing exist. smattered coverings, but they, they weren't doing like in-depth coverage of Star Wars releases like what happens now. Like it just we wasn't. We just couldn't get it. I remember like just trying to find the fucking trailer online back in those days was almost impossible. 99 Almost yeah impossible. like 99 it's like crazy even, they, you didn't even have high speed internet at that time so if you're watching it you probably had to sit there and wait 25 no, dude minutes here's the deal i was excited because at that point in time i was a freshman at, at kent state oh, living so in the dorms the t1 connection yeah buddy uh, <laughs> universities back then all had all had t1 and, and high speed land so i was yeah. like fuck yeah but I, I remember sitting there at kent Phantom Menace where's the trailer where's the, you get that blah, like a didgeridoo plays and you're like holy shit and then the, the Gungans come out and you're like whoa and then you go and you're like oh fuck yeah <laughs> you're like uh oh I still it's, saw it ten times because dude, I was the, so it's the jazzed. moment at the end if you've ever seen Fanboys that movie where it's basically the group of friends who are trying to invade Skywalker Ranch to see Phantom Menace before it releases it's got some noticeable people in it, like Kristen Bell's in it, Sam Huntington's in it, a bunch of other, like, uh, what's his name? The, the guy that's in a lot of the Seth Rogen, Jay Baruchel, he's in it. At the end of the movie, they finally get to see it. Like, they, they break into Skywalker Ranch, they sit down, they're about <laughs> to watch it, and the movie basically does a soft ending on one of the people saying, like, hey, what if it sucks? <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is, 
And it just like you have that moment. And it, it was it, it kind of like perfectly encapsulated the hype around like with the fandom around this movie. Oh, it was insane. And then the, the post movie realization of like, I, I, I feel like I liked it. But did I like it or was it just the residual energy left over? Now, I can at, at this point in time, I can genuinely say that I like the Phantom Menace. I yeah. really did go see it 10 times. I mean, there, there's times I was the only person in the theater hey. uh, and I've I've done an opus on this. I'm not going to get into it. I've got a video on our YouTube channel. So just look up Star Wars Time Show on YouTube and and search like best prequel or uh, Phantom Menace isn't the worst prequel movie, something like that. But I I kind of lay down with with case. I, I provide my case with evidence and facts on why TPM is the best prequel movie overall and ROTS is the worst. And it's not just <laughs> bullshit. They're, they're, like I said, it's very it's a very detailed study. I just think maintain. what they did to my man Anakin in episode three versus a little kid version of Anakin. I don't know, man. It's I completely that, different. I think that the, the setup to whiny bitch Anakin was all done in AOTC. And there, I don't think that you can ever convince me that that movie is not the worst Star Wars movie of all time. Oh, no, uh, Clones is, but yeah. I think Revenge of the Sith is the most egregious. Egre egregious is a better way to yes, put it than like it, the it's, worst it's nearly offensive to someone like myself that is a fan of Anakin and wanted to see that turn and yeah. wanted to see it justified. It, it's, it's offensive. But. And I think like real quick, one, one piece that I want to go back to real quick when I was talking about Lord of the Rings versus Star Wars, the thing about the prequel trilogy that has almost never been seen in film before was everybody knew what was going to happen in those yes. movies. Everybody yes. knew, yes. but you just didn't know how it was going to get there. Correct. You're like, I know all the beats. I know what's going to happen. Now you have to get me there, George. Whereas with Lord of the Rings, the source materials, there, some of the best source material ever written for that genre. But with star Wars, Every fan goes into episode one knowing how episode three is going to end. And then you you have to make that story work and you have to tell a believable tale. And that's where it falls apart is that even like this didn't even exist for the sequel trilogy. Like the sequel right. trilogy was a completely new ground. Like nobody yeah, knew was, what was, was going to happen. Which is even more insane to think that they bumble fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they had a blank canvas and they still couldn't get a cohesive trilogy. Yeah. And, and with the prequels, it was almost impossible for George to do what he did. Right. To, to essentially say like, Hey, you guys know how this is going to go. And I just have to tell a like a believable well, enough did you, story. Did you, for you notice to how I press preface my disappointment with the prequels? I say I built up a vision in my head of what exactly. I wanted. To, like I can understand that. Where a lot of these idiots that get on their keyboards and start spouting off about Kathleen or Disney or, or they don't like the sequel trilogy, they 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 can't figure that out. It, it's and I I too am disappointed ultimately in the sequel trilogy. I'm not some yeah, mouse does all the best. No, but most of my frustration is based on the fact, like Nick said with the prequels, I had written Anakin's story and how it should go because I I knew how he went from slave to evil guy in a black suit. So in my head, I was like, no, this, this is what has to happen. This is how it has to, he has to, we have to see more, more signs of him being anger. We have to see more, more instances of him dipping over to that dark side. 
And they didn't do that for me. And that's why I did not like the prequels. I really think Anakin's turn was done dirty. It really was not justified. It made no sense. He he never showed any signs of skirting with the dark side outside of one time in Attack of the Clones with the same people. Yeah. I mean, you could even argue that him chopping off Dooku's head was it was uncomfortable for him. He didn't want to do it. Yeah. He even looked like, are you serious, dude? You're fucked up, pal. Do you want me to fucking chop he his head off? He literally said after it, he's like, that I shouldn't have done that. Right. Like, I know that I did this wrong. Like, like you, you, to do that the right way. Yeah. You, the, the way that fight goes the right way, Anakin beats the shit out of him and doesn't even pause and fucking cuts him in half. And then goes, yeah. when he's done, like, Aah! and then he's like, oh, shit, what the fuck was that? Uh, you don't have him sitting there looking all concerned like I don't want to do that I want to do it and he's like do it and he's like ah okay I'll do it it's a, like the turn he's like he is coming to arrest Palpatine yeah and he, and Palpatine is, is essentially killing himself by shooting electricity back into his own face using Mace's lightsaber as a mirror and then all of a sudden Anakin's just like ah yeah, yeah you know what fuck this who cares yeah. I mean You're at dead. that point it's like come on I think at that point in the movies like the turn should like for the audience you should already know he's he's turned right like when he walks in there you should know he's walking yes. in and he it's not even a thought like he yes is he's made up his Mason mind he's like you know what fuck the jedi i just want to save my wife and i still think oh his wife dying that's another lame full excuse for him making the turn but that's that's where we're at anakin skywalker became darth vader because he thought his wife was gonna die yeah and Palpatine sold Malign a bull and he was gullible enough to believe it. And he was good literally up until the last moment. That makes no fucking sense. Now you give me Clone Wars Anakin and plop him in the Revenge of the Sith. Okay. Oh, fucking K. I can see that because there are there are fucking arcs where Anakin is beating people up. Yeah. <laughs> like literally physically assaulting senators yeah. because like they, Clo- they used to Clovis, date Padme. He just beat Clovis <laughs> nearly to death. Yeah. Uh, I mean, tell him that, you know, he, he does shit on his own, tells the order to go fuck themselves. I mean, basically, Kenobi knows he can't handle him. He's a show off. He's cocky. You don't really get any of that shit. Yeah. It's it's one of those. It's. It's one of the most unique storytelling experiences in movie history because of that fact. Because everybody knew what was going to happen, but you didn't know any of the details. And there's not really a trilogy like that that's ever been told again, or even a single movie story. Because everything else is based off of previously written material. Uh, No, I mean, George, he took on a he took on a huge bullseye when he decided to to make the prequels he mm-hmm. did um oh, yeah. and you know what hey that there are some fans like uh i think the, the the star wars theories of the world the sir dorks the, the kids that are born in the late 80s are born in the 90s prequels are life just like the ot is to myself and, and nick and a, a lot of the fans of the star wars time show so i i've kind of gotten over you know this is the, this is the first time nick and i have ranted on the prequels and it, it seems like a, a year or more yeah and just a lot of my vitriol has been sucked out of me thanks to the clone wars and just you know what I'm, I'm tired of being that screaming asshole because yeah. i i saw myself in some of the the, the sequel bozos it's like you know what if they like it and they want to be stupid fine it, yeah it, it's not up to me to sit there and shit on them and, and just to address james here in the chat so I wouldn't do something to save your family. Like, I, I understand that the Padme thing could have played a role in Anakin's decision making. 
but he he literally is going from I I know Palpatine's a piece of shit. He's been lying to us. I need to get the Jedi to. Yeah, you know what? Fuck it. I'm it's, gonna it, I'm gonna the kill the thing. Jedi it's Master like, and be bad. Between the the scene where he's in the hallway with Palpatine and says, "I'm gonna go get the Council to go right. <laughs> arrest you because I know you're a Sith Lord," and when he comes back and kills Mace. It's not like Anakin gets new information that's like, oh, now I need to go. Like, nothing has changed between when he was in the hallway with Palpatine and left, and then when he came back. Like, he already got fed the line that I can help you save the one you love and all this other stuff. And he says, I think think Palpatine says it one more time as he's getting fried. He's like, oh. Yeah, like, he knew it already. Like, he knew. (laughs) And that's why he tells Mace, he's like, well, you can't kill him because I need him. Like, he already knew at that moment that, like, that he he had all the information that he needed to make his decision in the hallway and there was no reason for him to change his mind you know it just it, it's a weird moment. scene like like the whole transition just does not play out correctly yeah there, there should have the, been the, the padme angle like, yes it's fine i i do i i probably would do anything to save my i i get that point but I wouldn't want that decision to be portrayed the way Anakin's was portrayed in Revenge of the Sith because I, I just thought it was poor and it did not honor the the steep fall that that man took by making that decision. It, it was just too flippant. It was too casual. It was like, it, it was like a, you know, do you want tacos or chicken today? And he's like, oh, I'll take tacos. And now he's Darth Vader. It just, it, I don't know, it didn't feel earned. And, you know, that that's my take on that. So... Uh, let's move on from our prequel story here, Nick. Yeah, let's um, move on to a, I mean, a quasi prequel. Yeah, semi prequel, still and in it, the prequel ish era. And it's not even really a story. <laughs> it's just it's you and McGregor with his Kenobi beard. So yeah. we just wanted to say that and and make sure everyone in our fandom have seen this picture. But uh, it's no secret Kenobi is filming now. We saw the set leak last week. Uh, they're going practical which was impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it makes sense that you're going to see people like you and McGregor in LA hanging out at bike shops, sporting yeah. the Kenobi beard. And we just uh, want you to know that he has a real beard. It's not going to be like a CG situation, like Superman and justice. Th- there you go. So <laughs> I, I will comment on his looks. I mean, he's a beautiful man. I yeah. don't want to say, say anything derogatory about you. And, but I, I do think having the, you know, 10 plus years off of, of the prequel Kenobi is actually going to serve Kenobi the series quite well. Cause I mean, Mm -hmm. you can see Ewan has, has aged a bit. He's got a few more of those, uh, wrinkles are in there. He looks a little more ragged. Uh, I, I still don't know how they're going to convince me that that's Sir Alec Guinness, 10 years younger than we saw in New Hope. But you basically have to look at Ewan here and then realize that nine years after this, he looks like he's on death's doorstep. <laughs> he looks like he's dead. Uh, and that's a shame. But hey, that's just that's continuity Maybe they CG issues. in some more gray, you know, or maybe yeah, I, the, could, I was going to say, I mean, a touch of gray. Yeah, I could see maybe maybe painting in some charcoal colors into the yeah. into the beard and hair. But it's still a pretty hard ask <laughs> to, to go from this man. And then 10 years later, he's Sir Alec Guinness in the late 70s. It's just yeah. like, I don't know. But it's hey, a big jump. It's a big it's, jump. It's science fiction after all. It's not real, so no big deal. But I mean, I had to post it. He 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 just looks like him. I mean, he he is Mister Hello there. He yeah. he truly is. I know Alec 
uh, brought the character to life. The line. Uh, but but Ewan really has become Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's also it has a lot to do with like the difference in the amount of media that was done. Of for, course, of like, course. Each, each person in the character, and also the fact that Alec Guinness didn't really like star wars no he it was not like something i think he was too keen on i forgot who tricked him into actually taking the role uh, but any, most stories you hear like he he was still a a, a consummate professional but he did think it was just kind of you know techno babble and bullshit like like beneath his thespian skills yeah yeah so cool but image hey, though he's Sir getting, Alec. i guess he's like uh getting his uh his hog worked on right his uh, yeah you, you know you and i mean if he's at a motorcycle shop it, it's probably to either ooh and ah ride yeah. if he didn't bring his bike over with him to shoot uh or, or yeah to talk shop because i mean i've never watched any of those shows I, I, I apparently they're pretty good uh but doesn't he do like essentially documentaries where yeah, they just does, ride like, bikes for thousands of show. miles where like yeah. him and his friend will like ride their motorcycles up certain like i think uh one of them they did was like they were going up the west coast of the United States, I think, in the most recent one, or it was like a, and they've done one in in like uh, in they've Wales got like all too, across Europe. I yeah, I mean, they do. I mean, it's like hardcore motorcycling. It's not. It's yeah. not just Sturgis bullshit where you drink and get fucked up and look at trashy women. I mean, th- th- these guys are doing like endurance rides. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I, so, I, I appreciate motorcycles. I've never owned one, but you couldn't fucking pay me to ride one of those things cross country through mm-hmm. crazy weather and whatnot. Like, no, no, no they, that, that, I got that, put off motorcycles when one of my neighbors, like literally he was only going 20 miles an hour. He fell off a motorcycle and he just got torn to shreds. Yeah. And I was like, all right. Like I mean, he, dude, you have, like you have like a fucking rocket launcher in between your legs. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like he shit. broke his wrist. Like you could see all the scrapes and stuff on his arm. He was wearing leathers too. Like he yeah, was wearing the that. appropriate garb, but it's just like, if you slide the wrong way or if the bike falls on you, yeah, you're just a little fucked. bit. Yeah. It weighs a little <laughs> like, bit. Those, those bikes, you, just you know, they still weigh a couple it. thousand pounds, I'd imagine, or at least a thousand. So yeah. So. There he is in his uh, long way round, long way down are the shows. Thank you, go. Tones. Yes. Uh, he will only hear this is coming from, look at hideous is in here early today. He must, uh, he must have shut down the, only be two years the restaurant or something. He will only be two years younger than Alec Guinness was in a new hope in nine years. Well, well I mean, in nine years, in nine years yeah. the fuck yeah. are you talking about hideous? Go back to flipping <laughs> some pancakes, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so Alec Guinness was, yeah, he'll be two years younger in nine years. It's like, what, yeah. what sort of logic is that? That's that Aussie logic, but he is right. If if you if you read hideous's comment up there uh, when nick was talking about going to the theaters he rented out a whole theater to watch the snyder cut but they didn't really have to worry because australia hasn't had covid for months so. yeah for a long time uh, alec guinness you, you. was born in 1914 so in 77 he was 63 years old um yeah 63 and then what is Ewan, Ewan's right got to be in his fifties, right? He's got to be. If, if I'm forty, exactly fifty. Okay. So in nine years, he'd be fifty-nine. So he was, he would be four years younger yeah. than Alec. Hideous, your logic is is off, bro. Now that he could have meant like when it was filming. If it was filming, in, I mean, like we know that it released in in seventy-seven. But if they were filming in seventy-five, uh, like, he's like, if two plus two equals five, then Ewan McGregor is Alec Guinness. <laughs> <laughs> All right, but hey, we love him. We love the beard, and and hopefully we'll get some set leak picks coming up with him. Actually, you know, in the garb, you never know. Will he be wearing the 
the more pointier, darker brown robe, or will he still have his light brown robes from the Clone Wars? Yeah. No That's one knows. Will we see his clone armor in his hovel as an Easter egg? That would be very Tune cool. Tune in to the Star Wars Time Show for its Easter egg breakdowns. Once Kenobi hits the airwaves in Next probably year. 2022. Yeah. Okay, uh, so sticking with real life stuff, I-, I thought this one was interesting. It didn't really seem to get a lot of play, so I don't know if people just don't give a fuck. Uh, but knowing how Star Wars fans are, we're, we're typically OCD bunch. We like to know everything we can possibly know about all things Star Wars. So I wanted to get this out there. But at this point in time, and you can take this to the bank and credit the Star Wars time show, Bad Batch Season 1 is at least 14 episodes long, which is news considering uh, the, the, episodes, the episode counts of Mando, of other Disney Plus uh, projects of Clone Wars Final Season, which which was at 12. Uh, so we know that Bad Batch S1 is going to be at least 14. And we know yep. this because Kevin Kiner was, was interviewed by the Full Sith Podcast because people actually listen to that podcast so they get big guests that show up. Uh, and, and they talk to him, and he is the composer of the basically the Star Wars animated universe. So Clone Wars... Uh, blah, blah, blah. So it makes sense that he's scoring Bad Batch. And he revealed on on this podcast during the interview that he had just finished scoring episode 14. Mm -hmm. So like I said, uh, is that the final count? Who knows? I think it, it, it gives us a very strong indication that Bad Batch is going to potentially be a standard... Uh, a standard length season yeah so i mean because i I believe the first two three seasons of clone wars uh before i think you had writer strikes and and whatnot you were getting uh 20 or 22 episodes Mm -hmm. uh so so that could be the case for bad batch season one which to me implies that they may keep this thing going it may become a a full-on series uh, with with all with with, uh, additional seasons and whatnot which hey the more the fucking merry. I'm yeah. I'm all for uh, Star Wars content, but There's I, I don't a know. Lot I, of ground to cover with Bad Batch. Oh I yeah, mean, you yeah, have tons. essentially up until the time where Rebel starts for open content. Um, so you could it, you could legitimately run this all the way up until you of know. Of course. What is it? Rebels well, happens. It, it's actually Nick. Fallen Order would be the first canon you would butt up against because Fallen That's Order true. takes place, I believe, very, very soon after, maybe yeah. five years after Ross. Uh, uh, but yeah, it would be Fallen Order. You'd have to have some canon consideration. Yeah, you could. I mean, but you could easily do if they wanted to, like a a run in with or men- even just a mention of, of Cal Kestis or like this Jedi kid that's you know no, th- this 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 franchise could be a vehicle to to fill in a lot of the gaps that have either been created with the new shows uh the the old shows but yeah I mean this is a ripe period for storytelling fresh storytelling that is because we we really don't have much I mean in the movies yeah. we had we had Solo which I believe is set right around the the Kenobi timeline maybe a little earlier a little later uh, and that's about it. So, I mean, Rogue One, we know, but butted right up to A New Hope. So that time had been covered, plus Rebels covered the period before that. So Bad Batch, as Nick said, definitely has a, a wide berth, if you will, to uh, 
uh, to run. So, uh, I mean, I'm slightly disappointed in this because this just means I'm going to have to make shitty videos for many more weeks than I was planning to. Uh, but as a Star Wars fan and, and as someone that has a pretty good uh, feeling that Bad Batch is going to be excellent, I'm all for it. Yeah. Yeah. And by I'm the way, did everyone else notice people jumping off my uh, speculation on the trailer with this being a female clone, an unaltered clone like Boba? Uh, I should have gave her the name Omega. I left that out of my breakdown, but it looks like everyone's running with Omega and that it is a female confirmed. So once again... Thank you, and I'm, I'm thanking myself, but I want you guys to say it with me. Thank you, Matt, for your <laughs> awesome insights and speculations, for getting us on the right path to figure out what's going on with this Star Wars show. You're welcome. Yes. You're welcome. There we go. Thank you, Matt. So Bad Batch Season it. 1, at least 14 episodes. You heard it here on the Star Wars Time Show, and if it doesn't come through, you heard it from Kessel Run Transmission. <laughs> All right. There you go. Uh, uh, we can do some some actual content, some content we made over over the past week uh, with our next little uh, topic to discuss. And that is, was this issue four? Yeah. This is issue four. Of yeah, the High issue, issue four of the High Republic comic dropped last week. And yes. boy, oh boy, was it something fucking cool. Um, it's so going you're to telling me fest. that... The High Republic is worth reading, and it's not stupid because a lightsaber was in a tree. That's my take. That's my <laughs> take. Uh, but, you know, people, we've got James is in here. He's worried that Kenobi's going to be too woke or whatever the fuck that means. So, I mean, <clears throat> whatever. Um, no, I actually have found this comic run to be rather excellent. And issue four here definitely reaffirmed my belief that at least the comic books, because... I haven't gone back to the the High Republic book since I got the free audio only version of it. I just I got too much stern to listen to, and outside of that, these days, if I have free time, I'm playing fucking Outriders and get myself all adrenaline junkied up because that game is a challenge and a half. And believe it or not, even this guy that likes playing uh, on on the difficulty of dumb sometimes. I do love myself a good video game challenge, and Outriders is giving it to me right now. There you go. Uh, but anyways, back to High Republic Comics. So, issue four picks up right where three left off. So, uh, we know that uh, Master Skier had been uh, kind of taken over by the Drangir, and he had captured Keeve and uh, Aver, and it was looking kind of dire for them. Yeah. So in four, it kind of starts with a flashback just to reinforce the bond between Keeve and Skier. You know, it's basically her doing some Padawan training. And I really like this, Nick, because I could see that they were setting up a potential role reversal deeper into the this issue in terms of Keeve was probably going to have to remind her master of a lesson he taught her that he now needs to be reminded of. So it was... It kind of played on that that Star Wars uh, Padawan master type now of I bond. Am the master, exactly. Yeah. We we've seen it in the films. We've seen it in other properties. So I, I yeah. enjoyed that. Uh, but ultimately, what I liked the most was we we got in in just a two panel beautiful piece of comic book art form a great recap of the Drangir's history. So mm -hmm. now I I, I fully realized what these little shop of horror type of plants are. 
And, and here, here's the deal with these things. Essentially, they've always been cocksuckers that like to go around and eat everything in a system. Okay. <laughs> they're just bad. Yeah. But because they're bad, guess, guess who they attracted to them in their past? The, probably the bad guys. The, so Sith. the Sith. Yes. So at one point in time, Drangir and Sith actually linked up to just feast and dominate the galaxy. Like, they just go in, the Drangir would, would eat everything, and the Sith, you know, they do their things. But, but what do we also know about Sith and, and power and sharing power and all that fun they're stuff? They're not great at it. They, they, they don't yeah, like they're, to they're share. not good friends. They're not good friends. They don't know how to share their toys. And ultimately, the Drangir realized that, and they started to eat them, too. So when that started to happen, the Sith were like, oh, shit, we need to do something about these Drangir. So they essentially locked them all up and tuned them and, and, and put their progenitor in, in like a, 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 in stasis. Okay. All right. So they, they were essentially just all put to sleep. So they quit fucking eating Sith and, and, and fucking shit up before the Sith could fuck it up. And then, lo and behold, all these years later, the, the wise and righteous Jedi, right? They want to go out and they want to explore the galaxy. They want to increase the boundaries of the known space so, so they can link up with other civilizations. You know, they were kind of being Starfleet, right? Yeah. They are being Starfleet. They wanted to go out and, and meet new races and say, hey, we're nice people. We're not going to fuck you up. Come play with us. Well, lo and behold, these Jedi on their quest to explore awakened the Drangir progenitor. And that is what has brought them back into the galaxy. And that's why they are, they are out and, and fucking shit up and trying to eat Keeve and, and all this other shit. Okay. And we also learned by the end of this issue, it seems like the Huts may have some sort of dealings with the Drangir or at least the planet where the Drangir are kind of hiding out. So that, that was kind of interesting too. But okay. where things really get neat... So, Skier, you think he's a puppet. They're controlling him. They've even have regrown his arm into tree parts. So so you're like, oh, the the, the Jedi, they have no chance. The Drangur now have a Jedi under their control. He's going to fuck him up. Oh, boy. And it's looking (laughs) dark. It's looking dark. But then just as Keeve, as I said, uses that role reversal, she's like, Master, but, you know, you got to blah, blah, blah. And Skier reveals his ultimate plan. He goes, well... I had to let them consume me so I could understand their weakness. And he like fucking somehow after a Jedi becomes one with a Drangir, they can almost uh, vice versa the, the, the puppetry. Okay. So he now has control of them and through the force, he's like breaking them in half and holding them still. <laughs> so the other Jedi get free and they're just fucking slashing it up going, I know we shouldn't kill because we're Jedi, but sometimes you got to kill and they're just slicing and dicing the drain gear. So it was like, it was an awesome aha moment that skier gave us. It, it, he was not breaking bad. He, he actually allowed himself to be consumed and to, and to feel the dark side so he could get the upper hand and save his friends. Yeah. You've seen there's, there's been similar things like that in other franchises where like in order to, you know, to to defeat the enemy, you have to become the enemy, you know. Yeah, it's it's very I, I like that term. Yeah, it's not it's not like a brand new trope in, in yeah. science fiction or even Star Wars, but 
I, I didn't see it coming. I really did not see it coming. I, maybe I'm stupid and I should have saw that it was telegraphed, but I, but I did think he was pretty well controlled by these beings yeah. and that he was at least going to, you know, maybe uh, seppuku himself, mm-hmm. right? Like at the last moment, kind of realize like, I, I, I can't do this. I have enough in me still. I can't take out my former apprentice and my friend Avar. And he just, you know, guts himself. Yeah. Uh, I, I did not see him basically doing a full on heel turn reversal, going back to a baby face uh, <laughs> uh, to save the day. But uh, we do learn after the fact, because we have the, after they learn or after Skier frees everybody, they figure out that the that the magistrate or whoever they've been talking to on this planet is is definitely up to no good, knows what's going on with the Drangir. So they they rush in there to shake him up and, and, and Drangir has a little Let's see. He, he's got a little Anakin Skywalker in him when he's <laughs> when he's kind of interrogating him because he's got him pushed up against the ceiling like uh, Vader did in Rogue One to uh, the to those yeah. uh, Rebel troopers. He's yeah. like, "Tell us, tell us who you want." You know that type of shit. Like he's still a little too intense Skier, for a Jedi. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say Skier seems like he's a little <laughs> on the you know. Maybe that's why they put a little bit more restriction on the Jedi Council. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, who knows where Skier goes from here? But I just I I loved how they opened with a flashback with him as apprentice. I loved his kind of turn. And I I appreciated the art in this issue is is exceptional. Like I said, that it's a two it's a two page spread or maybe just a one panel spread of the Drangir history. And it's, it's perfect. There's barely any words. You can just be stupid like me and look at the pictures and see how their timeline played out. And you kind of get caught up in one page flip on what this uh, evil force was in star Wars. Yeah. But there, there are some other aspects like it, it continued the story of the dead hut on, on the starlight beacon. We actually learned that that hut was, probably placed and staged because we got a little bit of an alien moment in, in this oh, issue, yeah. Nick, in that a Drang, a Drangir baby or spawn pops out of the gut of this dead hut and starts to fuck up the Jedi on Starlight, Starlight Beacon. So it seems that the Drangir and possibly the huts, because the huts show up at the end of this issue to fuck up the Jedi. And dude, you should see, I've never seen the huts look this badass. I was going to say, like, huts, like, you've never really seen huts in action before. Like, it's crazy in battle. Like, if I wasn't scared of playing video while the stream was going, I would, I would fast forward to the end panel because you've got the main hut, bro, decked out in, in like samurai armor. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. He's floating on some sort of, you know, floating skiff because obviously he can't yeah. just march out with his sluggy self. Yeah. But then behind him, you've got Gamorrean guards riding on top of armored rancors. I mean, it's just <laughs> it is fucking wild looking oh, like like they, they look like the huts look like they came straight out of a, a Morton Joe's conclave in Mad Max Fury Road. Like like they are. I mean, they, they look like they are ready for the wasteland. Like you would, you would think too, like we never really questioned like how huts came into power. Like, did they like, did they actually have to battle or did they, were they just like, did, were they just good negotiators? Right. Well, so apparently, cool. apparently they do fight uh, yeah. because 
And the hut, like I called him a hut general in the video, and I do that because he's leading the way. Like it, you would think a hut like Jabba, you know, they're, they're kind of shady. They're, they're like mob bosses. They kind of yeah. sit back and let their minions do all the hard work. No, this dude was right up front being flanked by Rancor, Rancor and Gamorrean guards riding the Rancor's armor, crazy spears. It was it was just a wild look for a hut. So like I said, this issue I don't know if it was the art. I don't know if it was skier's turn or what, but it was just, it was, it was enjoyable, but it was also, it was just fun to look at. I mean, there's just some really cool imagery in here for star Wars fans. So, uh, I continue to be a big fan of the high Republic comic series. I can't comment on the high Republic novels, too many words, too many page flips. Uh, but, but the, the comic run is going well. And it does seem now that the huts and potentially the drang gear, uh, are, are doing something shady to potentially push back at the starlight beacon and the Jedi trying to push into the outer rim, which, which makes sense, right? Cause they, yeah. they used to kind of run that place and, and now they're having to make deals that they can't fuck with the outer rim because the Jedi and, uh, really all of Coruscant is trying to expand the footprint of the inner worlds. Yeah. You know, expand these hyperspace lanes, make them more accessible for people that are trying to get there from the core worlds and stuff like that. So I mean, I'm glad that the the High Republic comic is still chugging along strong because the next thing we have to talk about is the new wave of High Republic content that's coming out, and that is, you know, inclusive of the the next arcs within the the standard High Republic comic threads, and then also the the next adult novel that will be right. uh, released in June. So it's like so the, this, it's the sequel to whatever this one was called, Light of the Light, yeah, of, the Light of the Jedi was your main book. It's the one that both Nick and I have still not finished because we Started, suck but, as Star Wars fans. Yeah, <laughs> but, we're, we we are just real. And, dumb and these people. these what Nick's talking about now. These are going to become the the sequel, and then mm-hmm. we'll 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 have a a final film. But the but the High Republic, in terms of the delivery, is broken out into three phases. Yes, and it seems Nick, I didn't really uh, read this one through, but it seems that Phase One is is nearing its end in terms of the the bigger novels, the the junior novels, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And now Phase Two is is on the horizon. So we're getting so this next batch that we're getting is considered wave two of phase one so we're still in the phase what the one fuck? okay i'm glad you read it then because i just i just yeah. dropped some misinformation on you motherfuckers <laughs> like i'm fox news but yeah so we're still in the light of the jedi phase phase one but our second wave of content is coming out and that is going to be you know ki- kind of you could say it's headlined by the new novel, the Kevin Scott authored novel entitled The Rising Storm, which, like Matt said, is the direct follow up to the Light of the Jedi novel. But in terms of of content that has been outlined for Wave 2, there it it's expansive. You know, you have the release in June on June 2nd of the High Republic number six comic series you have a star wars insider uh number 203 that will include information you know what sorry to cut you off here nick yeah they need to stop releasing the fucking comic book covers oh because it like it spoils shit what did i just explain to you and at the end of issue four what i just say the huts show up with a bunch of armored rancors and now what are we seeing right here well not that i uh, come on i'm not stupid i know the good guys were probably gonna win but right here they're showing us a comic book cover two issues away that shows avar chris on the back of a rancor so yeah 
huh, I wonder what happens over <laughs> issue five. <laughs> Way to go, fuckers. <laughs> Way to spoil your own stories. Um, but yeah, so, the, I mean, the wave is expansive. There's going to be, Justina Ireland has a story that's going to be in Star Wars Insider, an all-new High Republic story that is exclusive to Star Wars Insider. Uh, you have more, um, you know, kind of young adult novels and children's novels coming out. There will be uh, an all-ages comic series. The all-ages uh, High Republic Adventures comic series is going to continue. Um, and then you have the the uh, the young adult and the children's novels, which will be entitled uh, Race to Crash Point Tower for uh, for children. And then Out of the Shadows, which is the young adult novel Get that it. will be releasing as well. And this is all going to be June, July releases for uh, the High Republic content. And then on August 31st, there is an audio only novel uh Kevin Scott the person who is writing the second book The Rising Storm has one entitled Tempest Runner that will be uh audio only releasing on August 31st 2021 You know what Nick I'm looking at the cover of The Rising Storm Yeah And I don't know if you know this or not but at some point do we learn that the Nihil like have some sort of powers and shit because if we don't and and you're trying to tell me that these people can go toe to toe with force users at their peak i might I might have some problems with that yeah so i from what i remember i, I mean and again i haven't finished because i mean look at this cover it, it's a it's a standoff with three people with laser swords and then it looks like some homeless people you'd find yeah. uh, in the streets of most Eisley. the the best as far as i know i think that they can't they do have some sort of connection to the force but it's right. not like they're not like Sith, and I think it's even to a lesser degree than than even like the Knights of Ren, where they they had like a dark side affinity. It's like they, they they have tapped into the Force in a certain way, but not necessarily like have a honed sensibility towards it. Yeah, I mean, I can I can suspend disbelief with Mandalorians just because they're warrior culture, and they've literally built their armor and weapon sets to counter Jedi's. Yeah. Like I can sort of buy into a non-force Mandalorian being able to take out a force user. But if we're just talking about some some schmoes in the galaxy, some rough Regular riders, some bros. some some Mad Maxers cuz that's that's what the Nihil looks like. I mean they, they look like the Mad Max cr- crew, the what they call them, the, the uh, boys the, or the Silver I, Boy, I forget the name. Uh, yeah, all I remember was that they inhaled silver spray paint yeah yeah they're, they're like me yeah. they, they love the smell of shit it, and yeah. my, my my daughter again just tipped me off to i'm gonna be in in for some shit when she gets older but we were we were in the shed filling up the the riding motor with, with gas and she's like "Ooh, i like this smell i'm like, like no no no, no, no you're gonna too. be a fuck up like your dad damn it damn it uh but yeah i get i don't know i guess i should just read the damn books but it just seems odd that the this group of it looks like a group of nudniks is able to hold the galaxy hostage when you have literally the jedi order at its peak in operation but oh well oh well uh, I mean, I, like I said, I haven't done too much reading on like the depths of the Knights of Ren's power, but it is, I, I think it's, it extends slightly beyond just like, you know, like they're, they're just dudes in, in fucking armor and stuff. Got so. you. Oh, wow. Um, wow. 
so yeah, I mean, that's really the 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 end of the story on the High Republic content. There's a ton coming. And like I said in the at the end of this article, just remember that we already have live action High Republic content that is confirmed and that will be happening coming to Disney Plus, the Acolyte TV series, which means it is highly likely that Disney is looking to expand this just beyond. They're not going to do, you know, High Republic, a ton of High Republic written content and then one show. It's highly likely that we get other either live action animated uh content for the high republic so you know first impressions be what they may for for the people out there who who didn't really give it a chance um but i highly recommend that people you know either pick up a comic book pick up one of these novels even read one of the short stories that's in star wars insider because uh you know this is this this era is something that that they are looking to develop oh, it, and, it's and not go, it's not going away it's not going yeah. away i mean we're, we're let's let's be realists here and i'm not a disney hater i mean they they did kind of save star wars and and resurrect content at least uh but it's not going anywhere i mean it's just like galaxy's edge is completely dedicated to disney properties not star wars as a whole so just get yeah. used to this and it's not like I, I do think the main books, like the the Light of the Jedi, the Rising Storm, I I I would assume they are pretty good if you give them a chance. I just have a hard time committing to a book. That's my problem. That's yeah. why I. But I've at least I've latched on to the comic book because, as Nick said, I mean he is right. He is very astute. You're gonna want to be somewhat in the know just in case one day something comes out High Republic uh, related that you actually dig. Yeah, I understand you're not going to love everything, but just like some people last year watching The Mandalorian, you see an orange lady show up and Star Wars fans are going nuts and they're going, huh? I don't ever want to be that person going, ha, huh, with Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, I know it's it's odd. It's not real life, but I, I take uh, I, I hold myself in high regard for knowing a lot of dumb shit that means nothing and can get me nowhere in life. But I, it still makes me feel important when people ask me about the dumb shit I know yeah, and like I can actually I, tell yeah. them about it. Yeah. When somebody says like, oh, who's that? You'd be like, that's Bo-Katan. She was in right. here and here and this is what she and was. Like, wow, like, you know a lot of dumb shit. Yeah, How would that like, ever you know get for you in life? Information. And I'll be like, and, nothing. And, and look, the Acolyte TV series, get ready. It's going to be a banger. There's nothing that Disney Plus has put out that's been bad. Like, do you people realize that yet? Like, oh, oh my God. The, I mean, the, uh, the let's Mandalorian. talk. Let, let's fuck Star Wars. Let's talk. The, let's talk the end of, of Falcon Winter I mean, Soldier. Yeah. Jesus like, Christ. Like, come on. That ending of this past episode, this, yeah. th this past week. Like, wow. Yeah. Like Taylor <laughs> and I were sitting there watching. We we're like, holy shit. Like he just straight up. Yeah, murdered that dude. Yeah, like I mean, we're talking like The Walking Dead or American History X curb stomp type of kills. I mean, it was. I looked at at my wife and I was like, uh, maybe Charlie shouldn't be watching the MCU. <laughs> yeah, it's like, damn. that's probably the most fucked up thing she's ever seen. And and I've let her watch PG thirteen here or there. She might have caught like some uh, footage of an R movie if we're watching it. She's on an iPad, but that ending to Falcon Winter Soldier episode four. Yeah. And like even non Star Wars or Marvel content on Disney Plus is good. Like Taylor has always been a big fan of the high school musical movies. So one of the first piece of content to to release on Disney Plus was this show called High School the Musical High School Musical, the musical, the series. 
And we watched that and having no attachment to high school musical at all. I was like, man, this is really fucking well made. Like I, I drew enjoyment out of it, knowing literally nothing about high school musical. And it was the reverse of how things usually are. Usually if we're watching something, I have to tell Taylor or Taylor will ask me like, well, who's that? Or like, what's, what's the deal here? And on this one, it was reversed. I was, tell- she was, she was telling me like, oh yeah, that sh- he's playing the guy that Zac Efron played in the, in the movies or something like that. So it was very good. And even the they new. They replaced Zac? No, no. Well, it's like, they didn't, they didn't replace him. It's like a, it's like a thing where the kids are doing a play of the movie. So like the, the kids at the school are doing a play based on high school musical, the movie. And they're like, she's like, oh, yeah, Zach Efron figured out how to work out or or like the rock gave him some steroids on the on that. uh, What movie? Baywatch movie. Yeah, Baywatch movie, because that that dude got fucking swole. He was jacked up. Swole. Like, I mean, I I don't give a shit if you did steroids or not. If you can get your body to look like that, you've put some fucking work into it. Yeah, I don't think he could. I, I, I saw an interview with him and he was like, I never want to be that in shape again. He was like, <laughs> it's it was not so, fun. And I'm not so even hard. that in shape. I'm like moderately in shape and I have to spend seven days a week to, to just maintain this somewhat pudgy body. Yeah, it's I mean, that kind of shit Anyways. is difficult. Respect, like, Zach. Respect. Even the new mighty Ducks series is very interesting no you're not you 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 are not wrong i mean disney they're not fucking around with their their content for disney plus yeah they they realize that they've they've tricked so many people into subscribing because of star wars stuff and the mandalorian that they're like hey we can't fuck this up we've essentially caught up to netflix in two years yeah like do you people understand all the revenue we could have keep making the shows 100 million subscribers already. You know they're going to be pumping out content. Halfway. I mean, they're, they're just about halfway to Netflix. Yeah, dude. And, I mean, and have they, even, they haven't even finished two full years, right? Two full no. years will be this fall. They have not finished two That's full years. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just look at what's coming. You have Loki. You have, you know, the, the next season of... Book of Boba. Uh, the Mandalorian. You got Boba. You got rangers you got fucking ahsoka you got visions droids yeah acolyte just so much content coming to it so just like bad batch you know it's fantastic it's fantastic you know that this shit's going to be top notch so stay up at least try some high republic content whether it be what we have recommended via the comics or the novels or or not just you know try it out i'm gonna stay engaged be be aware um, of what's happening there i will stay engaged through the picture books All right. <laughs> the next up, we're, we now go. we're getting out of real life and we're getting yeah. into the realm of the leakers. We have we have descended into the darkness, so to speak. And now it is pure, like Matt said in the beginning of the show, pure poo flinging from here. And most of it yeah, is just is- like... Some of it is the most obvious shit that you could ever say. And some I of mean, it is just- this one right here, Nick, I know for a fact... Maybe when we were putting season two of The Mandalorian to bed, we we said this is going to happen. But yeah. because we didn't we use the words it. exclusive or yeah. leak, it, it went nowhere. So so this is what we're getting from the leakers out there. Yeah. Mind you. Uh, but apparently, and this one comes from uh, the, the Jordan Maison leaking crowd. Uh, but he's saying, and everyone... 
if, if you're listening just on a podcast platform, you can't see the screen. I know you don't know what's coming. So you might want to pull your fucking car over or sit down and take a deep breath because this is going to knock your socks off. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. So this leaker is saying, I don't, I, I don't even know if I can get through it. I'm so anxious to even say it. So what this leaker is saying, get ready, get ready, people. This leaker said that we should prepare for the potential to see Din Djarin in the Book of Boba Fett. Boom! It, it like, the first time that I read this, like, I had to double take because I wasn't, my brain started <laughs> to kind of, like, scramble. I was like, how could this person possibly know that this was going to happen? How could you even make the assumption that this was going to happen? Unbelievable. It, it's just... <laughs> The, the but, foresight that these individuals have is, it is Force-like, Nick. It, 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 is, just, it is Jedi-like what they can predict, or yeah. what they just know from the future. I mean, in all seriousness, though, like Matt said, the, the, one of the first things, like, I don't know why this happens to us so often, but again, just like the Qui-Gon thing from Kenobi, one of the first things that we said about Book of Boba is that Oh, yeah, like you're going to see Din, you're going to see Fennec, you're going to see a lot of the characters that you see in, in The Mandalorian, but you're also going to be Dude, playing... Dude, I got it right other- here. I got it right here. I got it right here. We have okay. fucking proof. Tuesday, January 5th. It's in our... Sp- uh, fuck it, I'll put it up on the screen just so people see. I'm just <laughs> making sure we didn't have any shit talk on fans in, in the conversation. <laughs> there we go. We, we do that in our Slack. We, we pick yeah, on we all of you. We just constantly... But here rip. we go. So this is our... Uh, I'll get it up here on the screen in a second. This is our special topics channel in our Slack. So Nick and I will use this if we think a, we're going to have a low week. We'll just kind of throw some topics in there. But look at that right there. Look at that right there from yours truly Tuesday, January 5th, 9.38 a.m. Book of Boba will have a Din cameo and resolve his Sarlacc escape. Boom. I mean, it's the most obvious thing ever. Like if you go back and listen to three months before Jordan got uh, inside information right there. Book of Boba will have a Din cameo. Yeah. Like what what are we talking about? It's. It's one of those things where like if you if you can read the tea leaves on this show and you realize the direction that they're going the like this leaves. is going to be If you just a show, have an if you have eyes and a, a fucking brain. brain. Yeah. Like you know that this show was going to play in multiple timelines. The show is going to play in current Mando timeline where you see the moments right after Boba Fett sits on the throne on on Jabba's throne in the palace and then it will also play in the timeline of the past. Which is why you have the casting of Jordan Bolger and all these other characters that were cast for younger, for the younger timeline of Boba Fett. And one of the first things that we said or that I said and speculated about on the show is that this is going to play like a retelling of his past. You know, whether it be for, like for him a bit. I mean, did they at least have to flesh out his escape? If they yeah. if, if, from there on, if they want to tell new Boba, fantastic. I love Neo Boba. I don't need much Bozo in my life. Yeah. Uh, but it's just like how how could Din not fucking show up in this show? That Boba's his fucking Uber to start with. Like like Din doesn't even have a, a vehicle. He doesn't have a vessel. Dude, do you want to see how stupid? Did you read the last line of this Reddit thread that you that you like 
put in the update. Oh yeah, you haven't seen the update. I Nick. looked at. So I, I just add this like in. I like I, I didn't want to give you a heart attack, so I handled the update <laughs> myself. But are are the fans ready? Because there's more to this. There's more to this leak outside of Din Djarin showing showing up in the Book of Boba. Get ready. Jordan has also said that Cobb Vanth, Grief Karga, and Migs Mayfeld will be in the Book of Boba too. But the the here's the last sentence in this. Right at right. And this shows you how stupid the people are who function yeah. in the Star Wars leaks community. And how are. I'm even dumber than they are because I am jealous of these people. Because I will I, I will admit it. The reason we even talk about this stupid shit is so I can rant and rave about how they are more popular than Nick and I. This is the last line of the Reddit post by a person on Reddit named Makes You Feel Deja Vu. It says, remember, Jordan hasn't reported any of this yet. Uh, any of this yet for a reason, but these are some of the names he's heard. This is the last line. I want you to remember this and remember that people on Star Wars leaks <laughs> are the ones who fuel the fan base yes. behind. Nick is making KRT a great point right here. Georgia, lay, lay it on, Jordan Nick. Mason. Plus, Mayfeld will obviously not show up because he died in that refinery <laughs> explosion. <laughs> And these are the people I want to like me. How fucked up am I? This person doesn't even know what fucking show they're watching. Yeah, they like, don't even don't, know that Mayfeld's still alive. Yeah, like, I don't know if I missed something. <laughs> like, I don't know if... if Mayfeld blew up the fucking refinery! Yeah, like, he lit, they literally let him go. <laughs> like, I don't know if, if, like, maybe, like, there's some sarcasm that I meant, that I missed in here. No, there isn't. I didn't even I didn't even spot this, so I'm glad you brought it to my attention because it makes me feel even worse about myself. These are the type of fans I crave because these are the type of fans that are so loyal to Kessel Run's transmissions and Jordan Mazon that they go in there and stump for these people and get them permanently in the top above the fold section on Reddit. Yeah, I I, I don't know. Like, I don't know because like. Like Matt and I have said multiple times on this show, like we're not allowed to post on that subreddit for some reason. Whenever we post anything, even if it's like legitimate leaks that we were given from like a literal yeah. person who works in the industry, they won't let us, they just insta delete our posts. So it's not even worth us going on there to, to comment or anything like that. So I don't know if like this person, like this makes you feel deja vu person is known for like posting dumb sarcastic things on the on the on the subreddit or not but like to have that line in there and and have it not be an immediate piece of sarcasm is just mind-blowing well i guess connor is ruining our fun in the chat here and and he's saying that i think they were making a joke about how kara said he died so that he could leave for being a hero okay maybe they are if that's the case okay you know what connor don't fuck with our fun yeah. All right. We're having a good time making make fun of idiots. So let us make fun of idiots. <laughs> yeah, no, but uh I I so yeah, I don't know. Maybe I mean maybe it was, but like me Tones. just reading that uh, Tones is right. Hold on. Cause at first I wanted to address this from Tones, but I missed it because we just kept going with these dopes. But when we were getting into poo flinging, Tones is like, oh, the Zero's shit slinger. And I'm like, no, Mike Zero is on a whole different planet than these idiots. Mike Zero is the one that that just starts shit to start shit because he knows knows it's clickbait. 
as you're saying, he has posted videos of Cara Dune is coming back. Gina Carano has been rehired. Oh. Kathleen Kennedy is getting fired. I guarantee it. Click watch now. So there is a difference between KRTs and the Jordans and the other people we shit on because they have more clout than we do. Zero is a fucking scumbag. Like yeah. he just puts hateful shit out because he knows in this day and age, people love to hate and they will click. It's yeah. a very specific audience he goes for. And this audience I would like to have because they're fucking dumb and they'll click on anything and believe anything. But they're, they're also the type of people that have ruined this country and the world overall. So I, I, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm okay that they're not our followers. Yeah. So, but these people, I, I, I just saw another guy's like, this is Justin had like a huge video blow up. Cause he put in the, in the, in the title, Gina, John Favreau rehiring Gina Carano. He's taken over star Wars and people click on the shit. They watch, they listen and they be- believe it. Yeah. Just uh, like all these fucking idiots that believed all the dumb shit that these politicians have been telling them. Like the virus isn't real and vaccines are bad. Like people believe this shit. They 100% believe it. They're in the comments like, oh man, I'm so glad Gina's coming back. I can't wait. Oh, I bet she won't come back because Disney did her wrong. It's like, what are you fucking people talking about? All because some idiot on YouTube said, oh, I've heard this. I've heard this. I've seen this. You all have seen it too. So it's got to be true. Like it's that, that, (laughs) that type of think. And that's what's happening in, in the politics. That's what happens in Star Wars when something just can't. It's not a fact. They just said, well, I've seen it. Well, yeah, you probably saw it on fucking. What are the, some of the dumb sites that make it up on Reddit? Kessel Run Transmission, Star Wars Time Show, or, or like that uh, Latino Star Wars. Like, like sites that make no sense. They have no street cred. Yet these are who these YouTubers base their facts on about shit you know is not going to happen. Yeah. You know Kathleen Kennedy's not getting fired. You know Gina Carano's not coming back. But these idiots click on it. They love it. They eat it up and they believe it. They live in a fucking fake world. It's hard to to keep that level of cognitive dissonance about yourself. When it's crazy, man. Like, it, it, it's frightening. Obvious. It is frightening because it's so pervasive in all aspects of society now. It's not just science fiction nerds trolling each other. We have fucking policymakers that are insane. Yeah. QAnon. <laughs> oh, man. What a time to live in like just people, our, please. our country and then the, the, the world in general. What a time to be on the I, I just I, I ask all humans listening to the show, don't be a fucking lemming. They always accuse people like me of being lemming. No. Vet shit. Read stuff. Search. Find the fucking answers. Don't just take someone's Facebook post or YouTube video title as gospel. Why? You know why people do it? Because they want to believe in that false reality. It's not real. All right? It's not fucking real. Yeah. All right. Continuing on the poo-flinging train, we're going down to another supposed online description oh, d- oh dude this one i mean leak? devin thinks i'm passionate about about this one wait wait till we get to this story oh, this one man. here go ahead. you kick it off and let me yes. get let me catch my breath a bit because i've got <laughs> some more dragons fire to spew at this motherfucker so so the the possible ahsoka series description leak via a tweet from Corey van dyke which is one of your krt faithful it's not even from him though look, look it's at the not credit. I know, it's not from him so he posted the tweet but the credit goes to daniel rpk on patreon which is uh, not a source here we go <laughs> it Nick. says 
Here's no, the re- go ahead. Read, read the thing, and then I'll I'll, I'll I'll go into my my diatribe on this one. Go ahead. Okay, so the Ahsoka series description says, Ahsoka Tano, Rosario Dawson, is on the <laughs> right hunt there, for know, the evil real. Grand Admiral Thrawn the in the hope that it will help her locate the missing Ezra Bridger, the young Jedi that disappeared with Thrawn many years ago. Okay, and, and they're saying this was this- written by people at Disney to, to summarize the Ahsoka series. We've, we've read Disney summaries. When have you ever had adjectives thrown in there like evil Thrawn and the missing Jedi is named? I mean, this reads more like an opening crawl than a, a synopsis of a Disney Plus series. This reads more like a fan wrote down what he expects the series to be about. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, but, but here's, here's what really fucking gets me going on this one. It's not so much that the summary just seems ridiculous as to as to be coming from Disney. Like they, they don't they wouldn't drop in Ahsoka's name and then parentheses the the actress behind it. They they list the cast down at the bottom. Yeah. They I highly doubt they would go they would lead in with the evil Grand Admiral Thrawn. Or even naming the missing Ezra Bridger. Like, everyone always wants to say, like, you know, you can't just use people from the animated series because the, the dopes that aren't in the know won't know. Okay, well, use that logic here. So you, you're telling me a casual fan's going to read this and be like, the, the missing Ezra, Ezra Bridger? Be like, who the fuck is yeah, Ezra, who is Bridger? Ezra Bridger? Why does Ahsoka care about him? I mean, they would leave it as the young Jedi, if anything. Yeah, a missing Jedi in the, like... You need to leave some sort of like if you're going to write a description for a series, you need to leave some sort of like suspense, something in there to give a piece like give people like reason to watch if you don't know who the characters are. Yeah, th- this is like a, a spoiler summary for the last season of Star Wars Rebels is what it is. Yeah. It's like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, but, I mean, but- it, it's also the most obvious thing that you could ever write about this series. Like, th- like. If you want to talk about like the low hanging fruit, this is the <laughs> lowest hanging possible. Yeah, no fruit. shit. I mean, what, what have we been saying since day one when we learned about hell? When we learned that Thrawn was spoken in the series, we said, well, good chance Ahsoka is going to be the series is going to be about that. No, look at her logo. Good chance World Between Worlds is going to be there. <laughs> That's going to be the next drop. World Between Worlds exclusive in Ahsoka. Be like, oh, yeah, be- what, because it's in the fucking logo? Yeah, it's literally the logo of the show. Maybe assholes. that's what we need to put out. Exclusive World Between Worlds will be a major part of the Ahsoka Tano series know. I, on Disney+. I'm going to try it. I, I, it's like, I, I bitch about it all the time. I lament the fact that we don't do this. And, and there's a reason. I just, I'm not that type of shitty person. All right? I want to be Star Wars podcast popular more than anything else. It's a sickness at this point. It makes no sense. I, I dedicate too much of my life to this th- fucking hobby for no reason, but it's because I want people to know that Nick and I are worth listening to, and we're not just two assholes that drone on like, oh, we love Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars. It's the best. Everything's great. Blah, blah, blah. Fuck that shit. It just, it, it drives me nuts that these are the people that just put out bullshit. And here, here's the, st- the, the kicker with this one, Nick. This Daniel RPK charged motherfuckers to get this leak. Yeah, on Patreon. Did you, did you see that at the charged. end? Charged! People paid for this! 
Star Wars fans paid Daniel RPK to get that leak dropped on him. And it's just like... It's, Nick and it's, I have told you this summary 10 times over for fucking free. Yeah. It's just that he works purely off of FOMO. Of like really just... Just on... Like people who can't miss something will pay him to feel like they know something that other people don't know. It's just so sad to see that. Ugh, I don't know, man. It's just really fucked up. It's just like, he's also on. like, he, he could technically, if he could be sued for this, if, if any of his information was real, Disney could literally sue him because he is charging people yeah, to give information. Secrets. Yeah. Yeah. He's selling internal information that is being leaked to him. It's different if, like, you leak it and then you just say it, you put it out on the internet, whatever. Like, he's literally charging people to give them information that a Disney insider is giving him, if that's the case. That's literal, that it, that, that's literally, a, like, he could be sued for it. Yeah, it just, like, it, it's not going to happen because this is so bad. This is such a bad take. Like, you know it's bullshit. It's the fact that he has convinced enough people because I, I go down the rabbit hole like it, I, I, I read the posts on Reddit because I, 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 I tend to like to at least remind myself that not all Star Wars fans are Kool-Aid drinkers. Yeah. Uh, this one in particular, as soon as you start clicking it, Daniel RPK, he's he's full of shit. And oh, Corey's doing it. I, you can't trust KRT as far as you can throw him. So there is some of that. But then there's like, oh, yeah, these guys are the best. And. I'm a, I'm a subscriber. I pay for it. I think Daniel makes like 4,000 a month, you know, charging for leaks. It's like, what? That's insane. Dude. What is and wrong like, with people? I really like, do hope- you, do you want us to lie? Do you want us to sensationalize? Do you want us to get down in the fucking gutter and say s- stupid shit that we know people will react to that? That's what those people do. There's a whole wing of our politics that is perfected shit-talking. That's all they do. All they do is talk shit. They're great at talking shit, and it ramps up people that like shit-talkers, but that's all they fucking do. They provide no substance. They do nothing. Just like these, these people do nothing. They just fucking make shit up. But people yeah. love it. And then you got our two dumbasses here doing three, four-hour fucking shows, talking till our faces are blue, and we're shitting our pants and pissing our underwear. <laughs> And no one gives us the fucking time of day except for you excellent people in the, in the live stream and that have been in the know. Like, like, what are we missing? Why don't we break big like these scumbags? Should we just start? Should we find our sources? <laughs> should we start clickbaiting it? I don't want to do it. But it seems that's what you have to do to get to the masses these days. Yeah. I've even seen Star Wars theory pivot to this nonsense now. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's whatever whatever you need to do to get some some kind of listenership, followership. I, I guess I so. Yeah, we'll always suck, and I guess I'll be happy with that because I at least know that I'm just psychotic and not a scumbag that knowingly de- deceives people by saying one thing when I know it's not true. And yeah. I don't know, maybe, maybe, maybe I have PTSD from living in this country and being gaslit uh, by, by politicians that are so clearly lying they know they're lying yet they just push through because that's what the emperor likes and it fucking makes me sick that that it's it's per- perverted 
American politics. It's perverted pop culture fandom. It's like all humans want these days is to be triggered. They just want to be fucking angry at somebody or something because they don't want to deal with their own shitty life. Yep. Oh, man. It's, it, it, yeah. Shit like that is, is very frustrating right. Thank in you. general. Thank but, you. So, yeah, if, if you needed to hear again from somebody and you want to pay for it, you can always go subscribe to uh, Daniel RPK on Patreon or you can just uh, use your brain and, and oh, think people, of things please. like this on your own, which is literally the lowest hanging fruit. If you ever find things. yourself wanting to donate to a Star Wars leaker, punch your nether regions and give the money to charity. All right. Yeah, there <laughs> thank you go. You. Um, so thank you for that leak, I guess. Uh, Daniel, and, and if that actually is the summary, I will, I'll be more than happy to come up here and, and, and say I was an idiot and I'm stupid. I'll chew, I'll, 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 I'll chew on my finger till it bleeds, whatever you want, but th- there's no way that's the fucking synopsis. Yeah. No fucking way. We'll see. Got multiple months before we even get close to a possible synopsis for the show. Um, all right. So the next up is a, is a set image from the good old Andor set. We've been seeing that quite a lot. And, and here's honestly, another one, Nick, like your point to how dumb some of the Reddit Star Wars fans are. Yeah. Where this post came from. Dude, look, look at the fucking look at the guy replying in the tweet. The Kenobi show. The Kenobi show. How the? <laughs> like, I mean, come on. I mean, I, I don't want to make fun of just you know casual tweeters out there, but you would think if you're on Twitter and you're replying to a leaked Star Wars shot, you probably like Star Wars a little bit because you're yeah. seeing it in your feed to start. You have some. On idea. what fucking planet would you be looking at the shot? And for those of you that aren't on the live stream, it it's it's one hundred percent the it's one of the sets that we saw in the concept art. Where mm-hmm. I, I was like, is this a, a prison? Is it a mind conditioning center? Because you could see the the Krennic style Imperial officers that are there. They're wearing their whites and their black pants. And that's what this shot is. And some idiot replies to it and says, the Kenobi show? Yeah, it's like, dude, come on. The like, Kenobi seen, show? If you've seen Rogue <laughs> One, you definitely know where this is going. But yeah, I mean, like the, like Matt said, the image itself... There's not a ton of content to it. It's literally like it, it almost seems like a shot that was taken kind of from like a higher floor than what this is on. And all you can see a bunch of like crew people working. And then you see off in the distance, you see four people that are wearing the ISB Imperial, like the white garb, the white uniforms that Krennic wore. Yeah, it looks like um, um, it even looks like I mean, I know they're not first order, but it looks like you got like a like some dude in black there. It looks like you got yeah. a, a female officer. She yep. may be running the show. Yeah. Nick, the ginger at the That's front of the shot. The, in, in the front that looks like a is, Jedi robe, doesn't it? A little bit. It kind of does and it almost makes me think that this we could see maybe potentially more Guardians of the Wills because that's a very similar yeah it's it's very Jedi for sure but it it could also be something that like a like a temple guardian like uh like Chirrut right. could have worn okay yeah um but it is hard to tell. He does have like a very Jedi-esque feel to it though like you know Yeah, it doesn't I mean at first I was back. like this should is this just a crew guy? Does he have a hoodie on? But I'm like, nah, I mean, that, that seems That's like a robe uniform. with a hood. Yeah, definitely uniform looking or not uniform, like, you know, set dressing outfit looking. Pulled back, gin, like uh, red braids. 
very Jedi-esque robe. Yeah, that's, that's crazy, seeing a, a, a ginger with, it almost looks like cornrows, right? Yeah, yeah. So, it's, that character is the one that actually intrigues me the most. Yeah, it's cool to see the, 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 the white ISB garb from people that are in, you know, more primary focus. But seeing that, that potential character down at the bottom does kind of open up speculation. Like, do we get to see, are, I mean, like, at this time, are there still rogue Jedi? We would assume that there's still some out there. Um, I mean, just knowing that Kanan is still out there at this time period. I mean, Kanan, uh, Milk Toast is still alive. Yeah, you know, is that Cal Kestis? (laughs) You you know, Cal Kestis got red hair. I'm Um, trying to pull up the concept art from, because I I do believe it, it features this room, at least, this set, if you will. Uh... Here we go. We use screen rant. Fuck it. Dude from Fallen Order. Yes, Klondike, that is the dude. Could be. It could be what the dude from bullshit? Fallen Order. But um, yeah, I mean, he's the most interesting figure there because it, it opens up a lot of possibilities. Um, it could yeah, be. Yeah, I just saw that too because I, I saw this leaking around. I know Tones threw in our Discord and I was kind of like, meh. Here we go. Um, so if you're on the live stream, I think this should be showing right now. Yeah, this is a concept mm-hmm. art, and it says Unknown Imperial Base. And I, I really have a feeling that 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 leak we just saw is from this facility. And I'm going with this is some sort of a conditioning center, reconditioning center, or prison. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of... Given the fact that like we're the way we're looking at this set is likely like going to be an Imperial-focused scene at least from this part and then potentially maybe this person you know this redhead person in the in the robe is trying to infiltrate it trying to rescue somebody maybe he's a a, another rebel spy and potentially andor is captured or something like that uh there's a lot of possibilities for what we could be seeing here but it's definitely not the Kenobi set. <laughs> that's one thing that's we just like for man, sure. Come on. It's like I just I, I'm trying to get away from a topic where I I literally have no faith in humanity anymore. Then we get this. Yeah, Kenobi. The show. Kenobi show. But, yeah, uh, you know all those fucking uh, rivers and and gray floors on Tatooine. Yep, definitely Kenobi. Yeah. So fucking I, dope. I'm, I'm, like, uh, people are so dopey. <laughs> I'm a. Uh, I'm pretty intrigued by it. I mean, not really like the set or the Imperial officers. It's this one guy, like this guy at the bottom yeah. got my it's, brain. It's definitely, turning. it's definitely not Cal because it's not Cameron. No, he's, but I think he's older. He looks too old to be. Cal if I was Cameron, be- though, I'd be pissed. If this guy is force connected, I'd be like, yo, I am the only ginger force user in all yeah. of Star Wars. It's like, why are you allowing this to happen? You're taking away my one thing. Yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, it's it's pretty cool to see it happening. Like you said, that like, I don't know if this is actively filming or if this is just like people standing around the set. It kind of looks like one of the characters. Oh, like they're the definitely, second, I mean, they, they definitely like have a scene set up. There's yeah, no like doubt about it. They're looking at whatever is directly in front of them, which may look like one of those conditioning pods that you pulled up in the, in the, yeah, in the concept yeah. art. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, it's a good it's a good piece to set imagery. Hey, I, I always I always like leaks. I do, e- even if it, there's like almost nothing to go off of. It's still fun to speculate what it could be, but also when the series comes out to see if you can actually spot where the leak came from, what scene it was, what episode it was in. I I, I like uh, going on those types of where Waldo hunts. But yeah, 
All right. So, yeah, I'm excited for Andor. We still don't I don't think we have a firm date, but you'd have to anticipate 2022. Yeah, it's probably uh, going to be, you know, the series follow up or the series preceding Kenobi. Because we know we're not, they're not going to butt them up or release them at the same time. Like, right. You're gonna I don't even, like, I don't even think you'd get a Star Wars break. Star Wars. I think at best you'd get a Star Wars, Star Wars Marvel yeah. or something, then Star Wars. Then Star Wars. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so. Because I mean, that's another one Nick and I predicted. I mean, we we called the fucking Disney Plus cadence years ago. We're like, you're, we, you're never going to get something at the same time, and they're, they're they're going to rotate with maybe three to four weeks off in between once it's it's up and running, yeah. and and that's exactly how and it's look played what's out. happening. Right when we like yeah. almost, you know, right when Falcon and Winter Soldier ends is when we're going to get into Bad Batch. Yep, and then, and then when Bad Batch ends, that, guess what? Loki. Loki. And then after that, Book of Boba. It's a beautiful time to have Disney Plus. Yeah. So and be a pop culture nerd. Good shit there. Um, the next piece that we're gonna roll into is like we've talked like, about this before. Yeah. I think I'm just trying to will this into being by posting yeah. it over and over again. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, like, who knows? Um But Detours hitting Disney Plus is getting more heat. I mean, this is something uh, when we we uh, dropped the post that uh, a lot of the vintage shows would be hitting Disney Plus, which hey, it paid off. Yeah, uh, they were they were kind of kicking the tires on detours, also hitting it. But a- another article popped up this week, and again, it came from the Vulcan Reporter. So who the fuck knows yeah, what that I'm is? Not sure but reading are. through it and being someone who has written online for a while, they didn't sound dumb. It, they had it sounded like they had some facts. They had some details. They had episode counts, potentials, voice actors, uh, this, that, and the other thing. You gotta remember this. This was commissioned while George owned the license. He was a part of this project. This wasn't. You know, this isn't just uh, Seth and and Matt Seinrich doing more robot chicken fun yeah uh george would have had to have blessed this project for them to create and and they had billy d i mean they had a lot of the voices i mean this this was a a pretty fleshed out series not unlike george's underworld and it just kind of came when i think he was hemming and hawing over yeah do i want to keep doing this shit uh, but the, but the Vulcan reporter, they like I said, they they've reignited the rumor that Star Wars detours will be hitting Disney Plus soon. They've gone as far to say that they would say it's going to hit on May the fourth. Yeah, that's uh, the only piece that I think is unless I mean like again, this isn't unless it's just like additional content and they're just like saying like, hey, we made this and here it is now. I would find it like it would fall on the same release day as the release date for bad batch right which i think would be an odd move well it's you could also look at it like the vintage stuff i don't yeah. think an, one official post was made for the ewok movies or the clone wars movies there was no hubbub i mean we, we were talking about that weeks before it happened because it, it just kind of leaked out yeah so they, they were kind of saying this may just be like a may the fourth surprise like, but yeah, you are Star right it, it, it would fuck our cadence but it's also not a brand new show it, it is vintage if you if you will and it sounds like I mean, if these people can be trusted the vulcan reporter that at this point in time upwards of 52 episodes have been completed for detours 
and detours was supposed to be set in between Sith and a new hope. So it's Mm -hmm. that era we were just talking about that's, that's ripe for storytelling, but it was obviously going to take a very satirical approach, uh, kind of follow the, the Lego star Wars animation universe in terms of its tone. Uh, it wasn't going to be very serious. It wasn't going to be, you know, canon type of shit. It was just going to be fun. I I know this is, you know, tones vomits every time he hears about detours, (laughs) But I, I really yeah, think this I, show had a ton of potential. If you like Lego Star Wars and the humor that's it's woven in there, this is what that show was going to perfect. It was going to be yeah. robot chicken Lego Star Wars. Yeah, dude. I'm I'm I hope it happens because this kind of shit really like, yeah, I enjoy having the the serious tone to Star Wars and a lot of the the content that's out there. But like you also need to be able to spoof yourself. You also need to be able to poke fun at yourself especially for a franchise that's this expansive and that's going to continue to expand. Like having something like this where you can actively just kind of make fun of yourself. Oh yeah. Is and, very... and they were doing it. They're doing it in the, in the imagery and the writing. I mean, I've got an image in there of an episode. I love the fucking Boba Fett. Yeah. You got Boba Fett. He <laughs> literally is little kid Boba Fett, but he's fully in his armor hanging out with Bosk, who's an adult, but they, you know, they're playing on the idea that Boba was a kid. Yeah. At the yeah. end of Revenge of the Sith. So. <laughs> no, dude, I, I, I love the concept of it. And, the what we saw like i probably watched the the minimal trailers that were released for detours when they first came out probably 15 10 15 oh, times i was, over. I was like, so excited that this was coming out because yeah. i am a huge fan of the lego star wars series they're not all on disney plus for some reason uh, but i think they have six or seven of them but they're fucking hilarious they tell good stories, but they're also, it's nonstop tongue-in-cheek making fun of the Star Wars universe. The holiday special was the most recent uh, example of the brand of humor that these animated Star Wars shows go for, and I love that too. I mean, you had, what, three or four generations of Kenobi all going hello there. Uh, you, you, a little, you had that Mandalorian kind of blurb to, to tip its nod to that new series. It just, I, I think these animated satirical shows for star wars are it's a nice kind of companion to the the more serious stuff yeah i totally agree so hopefully there is some juice behind this you know we have no reason to believe that it is real though like we don't even know you know the, the the person here is claiming that there there's already been 52 episodes completed for it we we have no way to validate that. We have no reason to believe that there are any episodes completed for because we don't know how deep they got into development before right. um, they essentially shut it down with the Disney acquisition. But you would have to imagine that if they had trailer like active trailers out for it and they were starting their marketing machine that you had something. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm excited for it. I hope it happens. And it would be a, a pretty awesome addition to Disney Plus to give this too yeah i mean that the, that, the, that vintage section is 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 filling out quite nicely i mean uh, my daughter and i we have now completed both of the ewok movies well there you uh, go <laughs> the first one i i definitely wasn't a huge fan of the first one when i was a kid because i barely remembered it i mean i remember bits and pieces but it, it, it's pretty bad yeah the second one though battle for endor that, that's still a classic i mean it Top looks part. like shit now i mean it's so Stop bad looking weirdness. it's so yeah. bad it's so bad but, oh, you know, yeah. Sindel in a fully talking wicket, you know, 
<laughs> it's just all the Ewoks <laughs> k- k- start talking basic, essentially in in, in the uh, in like, the battle for Endor. But you know, you had Tarek, you had the witch. It was just good. Noah in the ship and the power cell. I don't know. So so we like that one. But I do think detours would be a great addition to the vintage section. I don't think they need a big hubbub for it because, again, it is old. It is non-canon. It's already in the can, so why spend money on a marketing machine? It's just a bonus. Hey, Star Wars fans, May the 4th, thank you for your subscription money and supporting us. Here's another uh, addition to the vintage section. Yeah, All right. All right. Now we're kind of moving. We're we're getting towards our our toy and and fan section here, And, and to kick this one off, we have a, a tease potentially of what could be coming to uh, Disney parks very it's, soon. It's coming. We just don't know how fucking real this yeah, is. How, like apparently it is happening. So uh, during a a special event entitled um, a, a special look inside Disney parks, there was a, you, you a run moment. with the, I, I, the old P meters hit. There hit, we go. Hit, hit there full, was a moment. So go ahead and run. <laughs> there was a moment in the show where um, the the vice president. Excuse me. The vice president or the the uh, the Disney Parks and Experiences chairman, Josh D'Amro, D'Amaro, um, was talking about all the things coming to Galaxy's Edge and Disney Parks and stuff like that. And to close out this segment, he essentially picked up a lightsaber hilt, pushed a button and it ign- so like this is a lightsaber hilt with nothing attached to it, hit a button and it ignited in a way that that really as a consumer we've never seen before and he closes it he closes the the video by saying it's real so essentially teasing a realistic style lightsaber will be coming to disney parks very very soon now we all know that they didn't make a real ass lightsaber. Like the closest that's ever been made to a real ass lightsaber is this video that I put at the bottom of the star Wars time.net post on this, on this story. And it's from Hacksmith and they created a, an actual proto saber that ignites with a real plasma blade that they can use to cut through basically anything they put in front of it. It's not going to be that. What is more than likely it's going to be is they. I'm going to switch to that other. I'll switch to that Yahoo article. Okay, yeah. So they've figured out, and there is a patent. Disney does have a patent for a retractable light blade that comes out of a a hilt. And there's a tweet from uh, Ben Ridout on on um on Twitter. He has very little following, but he's like a. He's a web developer and he dug up the patent that Disney has for a lightsaber that does something like this. And essentially what he can, you know, he, he made an animation <laughs> using tape measures. Yeah, and he shit. made an animation himself basically showing what this would look like. And he uses tape measures to give you guys an idea of like how this technology would work. So if you have a tape measure, you know that it can basically expand and retract by itself. And then it has like a track of LED lights. Yeah, that kind of just goes up and that would emit your light blade. So, and like I said, this is the first of its kind. The closest that we we have to a, a light emitting blade saber right now requires you to literally like you have, let me see. I don't have one on me right now. It's in my closet, but you have a big ass, you have a 
three and a half, four foot long plastic blade that you have to plug yeah. into your hilt. You hit the button. It's and like it you have a, a skinny fluorescent light tube attached yeah. to your hilt. So, but this would eventually, this, if it's, if, it, if they're doing what this claims to be doing, your blade would come out of your hilt and then it would immediately start emitting light based off of when you hit your button. Yeah. Which I think would be pretty fucking cool, man. Damn straight. Like, I was going to say, so do you think this is being created for an attraction or for dollars? I mean, this is for this is for dollars. I think if they're if they have a patent on this yeah. to this degree that they're they're planning on marketing and selling. And these. what would you pay for this? I mean, that's what I was going to say, man. So if you think about like they the already charge what damn near. $200 for the, the janky ones, right? Yeah, it's like for the Savvy's Workshop experience, you pay what, $250, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's up there. <laughs> but that, that, you're also paying for the experience with that. Like you're paying for the, yeah, okay. you go into the workshop, you pick your crystal, you, you get this entire immersive experience right. around it. If they're just selling these and there's no like build it thing kind of built into the experience then I got to imagine that they're probably selling it for around the same price, 250 maybe. Oh, no um, way. No I way, would hope bro. these I I I'm seeing through the force right now. I can three, see it. Three, as clear four. as Luke could see his friends on Bespin. Yeah. 499 minimum. 499. Minimum. Okay. I would not be surprised if these are pushing a G. Oh man, I don't know like we need it to see it. Like I, I can't, I can't give a a, a firm uh, price on it. But just knowing Disney and knowing Star Wars, I think five hundred is the low end. It depends on the level of craftsmanship, for sure. Like if this is, if they're making this, like they made, like those little ones for kids where you can like go like that, like flip your wrist and then the blade, like the blade yeah. comes out and like yeah, a the bullshit, fashion, like a, like a Walmart lightsaber. Then you're you're talking pittance you're talking 50 60 70 dollars given given the way that this has been described if you're talking a full metal hilt right and a blade that extends that's not like the tricky part to this is going to be like the blade has to be collapsible in order for it to go back into the hilt right so if you're but swinging it, it around is it flipping around in the air like a that's wet what i was going to say do you have do you have a material that when it comes out and it's fully extended. It's not like fucking plasticky. Right. It's yeah. not cheap. Can you still if you d- duel? Can you still pretend that you're a, you know, you, you've seen these people out there at the conventions. Yeah. They all got their fucking sabers beating each other up. Because like, yeah, the, the ones that you get from like these custom saber manufacturers or even like the blades that you get from from the Galaxy's Edge swords and the Disney Park swords, like they are pretty like you're not supposed to hit people with them. But they're not flimsy. Like you can swing these oh, around yeah. and be very right. aggressive with them. And right. as long as you're not fucking hitting a tree or somebody else, they're not going to break. Like, so they would have had that figured out like a a material that they could use that would be sturdy enough to to be very aggressive with your motions without being like a fucking piece of paper, or it is more of a a low priced item because of that. 
because the 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 blade that comes out is very flimsy. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't think they would do this big hubbub if it's just a little gimmicky thing. I mean, I, I think they're trying to to position this as the the next evolution of a lightsaber collectible. Yeah, and look, so knowing that, and like I said, knowing Disney, knowing Star Wars, and knowing idiots like me, they're they're going to start at five hundred. Oh, I'll I'll buy one. Look. You know, I, I, I'm not saying I'm not going to buy one. I'll buy I, just like Tone said, he's like, you'll buy one. Matt's like, what? That's supposed to be shit talking. Of course <laughs> yeah, I will. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy, buy anything. <laughs> Star yeah, no, Wars. I'll, I'll buy it. But it's just, it. that's the only thing that I don't know yet. Is like, if, if it if comes they, out and it really is like a tape measure lightsaber, because I know Nick has probably done it. I've done it when I was little. I'd pull them out and zip them back in. Like, look, yeah. it's like a lightsaber. Yeah. And if it's that fucking flimsy, yeah, there's no way I'll buy it. Yeah, if but it's five hundred dollars and like I can literally go like this and the blade just bends. exactly it, it wilts like my penis. Right, yeah, I would. Um, it's got to come out. It's got to come out with some sort of speed and force. I'm sitting. You should see me. I, I'm basically. <laughs> it looks like I'm sitting here masturbating myself, uh, trying to to <laughs> illustrate a blade coming out. But anyways, it's got to come out with some speed, right? It, it can't just be. It's yeah. got to be like. And like you said, I've got to be able to make swings and I should see light, stre- light streaks and trails versus the saber bending like a willow in the wind. Yeah, I I just don't know because I can't think of something that would one maintain the structural integrity that you need to do that in a in a real, real quote unquote. I mean, I know it's not real. But like that matches the the blade style that we have now and like the master effect sabers of the Disney parks or, or, or these custom manufactured yes. ones. Yeah, you gotta have that quality of hilt. That's because if a- you if your if your blade comes out and it's like the tiered ones that you get from Walmart, like Stupid. nobody wants that. Stupid. And don't like, give me a fat ass hilt just to, to fit the guts yeah. in either. Like I love the savvy experience. I recommend it for anyone that that has the money and can get there and can do it. It is fun for the experience. But Nick will tell you, yeah, those, those lightsabers you. are like fucking flashlights. I mean, they're huge. So, oh, he just I, he I disappeared have, into I, his I, rebel I base background. So there he is. I have my savvy, my savvy's workshop saber. I will show it to you. And I know that you guys on the audio only aren't going to get it. So I'll describe it as best as possible. So here's the here's it's the hu- yeah, it's huge. It's huge. It's it's massive. And I know that you're having a hard time seeing it. What I'll do is I'll turn off. I'll see if I can turn off my uh, my background. Uh, and then that that way, here we go. No background. Nick is here. So I'm holding this. You can see that like my hand, I have a, an average size hand for a man and it fits like it, it, it just wraps around to where my my thumb is touching my middle finger with a full grip around it. And it's a very beefy blade. It's heavy. It's not something that you could use. And like you a, can a use that thing duel. as a blunt force object to, yeah, to take it's someone very out. heavy. It's you can cave metal. a skull in if you want. Now, this one that I have here, you can see much shorter already yeah. in terms of light. It's very light. This is machined aluminum. Yeah. That in seems... terms of grip, like you can see that you can get your hand much yeah. farther around this blade. That, that's that's the right size, right? Yeah. That's the right diameter circumference, whatever the fuck you want to call it. But that that's what yeah. they got to do. So this like. Out of these sabers, I want to see this style, this very right. light, very right. easy yes. to move and yes. not this chunky. I mean, just look at them next to each other. Look at that. Like, I know. it's Oh, my God. Play. Yeah, it really <laughs> is huge. <laughs> like the, the Savvy's Workshop blade is essentially 
call it four four it's, and a half i mean I, I hate to say this because of the money we spent the the, the savvy blades are high-end walmart lightsabers yeah i mean you're you're literally you're paying for the experience <laughs> there for sure and it is they wanted to give you a a, a very it feels expensive because it's heavy it's all metal it's and, and stuff like that but i mean like you can't compare the usability of that blade to this one here I mean, it's just not even in, in like this one here, like you can like excite it. I mean, ignite it and, you know, it has the swing effect. I want it to be like a, a blade like this that has all the effects and stuff like that. But you have a blade that emits from it. Yeah, that's what I want. I, don't, I mean, let, let's be real. The, these guys, they're 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 snake oil salesmen for the most part. He, he's got to pump it up like it's something out of this world. But I do have a feeling when we, when we see the finished product, it, it's not even going to be close to what is in our heads as little Star Wars. I know. Like, there's just no way. And that's way. the thing is like, there's no video of this. Like there was a video when these people were watching this special look inside. I don't know if it was very limited in terms no, of. No, it, it was, it was very locked down. Like no yeah. sharing this, no sharing that. It was so literally just a presser to announce it, to generate the initial yeah. buzz. There's there's no video of it, so I can't say whether like what it right. looked like or anything like that. But for this guy to ignite that blade and say it's real, like that is a very big hype play that I yeah, I, mean, hope I don't know who Ben off. Ridout is. I'm assuming he was there, but he said, Did Disney invent a real working lightsaber? Yes, they did. So I, I will kind of take that as I'm there's it, it, there's some promise here. Yeah, like I'm, I'm I mean, not completely I, writing this off. I am interested, and if it is just even eighty percent cool looking or what I have in my head, I'll, I'll donate my five hundred. But if it is like Nick said, and it's bordering on the the telescoping shit, the stacking system, and it's got a fat hilt, you know, like like this big, like beer beer can penis size hilt. No way. <laughs> yeah. No way. But it is interesting, and it's cool to see that that Disney is out there and obviously this is a big, you know, they're, they're doing this to try to sell more items, but like, of course if they can make something that get people back cool. in the parks, right. The uh, California park, I think is finally letting people in again. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Uh, so, so, you know, I, I really do hope that this turns out to be everything that we want it to yeah. be, but man, yeah. you would need to have a lot of technical innovations in there for it. Like just oh. in the material alone. Right. But that, that's why I'm saying, I think 500 is the lowest it's going to be dude. Cause yeah. this is, they, they probably had to innovate some shit in there. They probably had to, to, uh, what do they call it? The Disney, Disney engineers or the to mouse. Imagineer. Imagine Imagineer. they probably had to imagineer this shit. Uh, so they're, they're going to be charging a pretty penny, but yeah, so. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll reserve final buying judgment for when we see the product, but Hey, did you see this too? In this article, Aaron Rodgers and Shailene Woodley, like cuddling oh, my star goodness. Wars and singing Lion King. And there he is wearing his star Wars shirt at Disney. So, Hey, look at that. It's a good looking couple there. I, I like those two together. I'm not going to yeah. lie. No. Yeah. I, I like, I like Shailene. I like those, those dumb movies she was in and they didn't finish cause they didn't do too well. Oh, the, uh, the, uh, 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 oh, fuck. Insurgent, right? Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. divergent, uh, di divergent, insurgent, divergent. revergent. Yeah. Resurgence. Who the fuck knows? But look at that. Look at that guy. He can't, he can't host Jeopardy to save his fucking life. Yeah. Well, uh, apparently can, LeVar Burton is really making a push for that. I take that. I, I just finished, uh, 
over the past couple weeks or months, I've I've committed to watching all these Star Trek motion pictures, except for Star Trek One because it's terrible. So I started mm-hmm. at Rathacon, and then this weekend I finished with Star Trek Nemesis, which was the final uh, Picard film. Yeah, that nice. uh, had some things that lead directly into the Picard series. I, you know what? Make fun of me, Nick. Star Trek is just a damn good science fiction franchise. It really is. It is. It's good, man. I It'll never be I like I, I'm not to the point where like I feel like I have to learn about all the lore and history like Star Wars. Like Star Wars, I, I still feel like it's almost real and I have to be a scholar of it and I have to know everything. Where Star Trek, I've had a blast over the past year or two just going on Netflix throwing up i started with next generation then i went to deep space nine now i'm on voyager i'm about to finish that then i'll go to uh the enterprise series but i I just enjoy throwing them on at night when i'm kind of getting ready to fall asleep maybe playing swago maybe editing some toy photos and just watching some good old sci-fi tv through star trek because it it's a much more nerdy like science oriented show yeah but it's fun. They 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 have fun concepts. They do interesting things with the characters. And honestly, if there is a dream future, I would want it to be the Starfleet future where there's no more money because people don't suck. Yeah, uh, there, there's just really no more bullshit. Everyone's just kind of cool. No, people don't care about race anymore. Yeah, like the, the, the planet has come together for the greater right purpose of expanding exploring and and, and taking humanity into the galactic society and you know they this is all fake i understand it but even there the humans essentially had to almost kill themselves out but after they had their nuclear holocaust you you had the warp speed kick in then the vulcans came and here we go earth was no longer a cesspool of pieces of shit there you go so yeah no i i I have no issues with star trek i'm not like one of those weird star wars fans who are like oh fucking trekkies they're dumb in my opinion it's two completely different shows they're they're not even yeah they're they're not even on the same plane that's why i like them it just one is truly about science and not being a piece of shit the other one is about it's more fantasy based more fantastical sci-fi fantasy opera but uh yeah in terms of these disney park sabers i'm gonna be in disney in november so if they're available at that time, I will try to give you guys as much of a just, look just as make possible. Make sure to, to get your uh, your booster shot by then. Yeah, you, so. you'll be you'll be close to that six month tap up window. It, and over here in the be. States, I'm sorry, but we're, we're going to be taking covid vaccines until we die. <laughs> just we're going to have to. It's going to be like the flu shot. There's no way. I mean, the flu shot. Yeah, there's no way. That- I think that a doctor had already come out like one of the. Yeah, it's endemic here. It is endemic, at least in the United States and I'm sure other parts of the world. But, you know, we just had hideous in here an hour or two ago. I mean, Australia, New Zealand, they haven't even had a fucking case of covid for months. Like before even the vaccine showed up, they they, they kicked this thing's ass. But lo and behold, here we are. Uh, All right, man, let's let's talk some toys. It is time for the toys, and then we'll end with the fan segment. So we're we're rounding third at this point, about ready to put the show to bed, but I'm sure we'll be with you for at least another 45 minutes. Nick and I failed our pregame challenge of keeping the show under three hours, as we kind of figured. But uh, last week, Hasbro did something new, Nick. They had this Hasbro Pulse fan event. Okay. Apparently the pre-show, they had to disable the comment stream because of how many people were just shitting all over them because 
you know, that's how people are. You know, that's you, the you, internet. You, you can't Welcome just like take your opinion and explain it nicely. You got to be like, fuck you, Hasbro. You, you killed my mom by releasing that ugly looking figure. I hate you. And now I'm going to stab out my eyes because you're reminding me of my childhood and what I used to love and you've ruined it. So, you know, how nice. dramatic Star Wars fans are, and yeah. then especially collectors, <laughs> you know, oh. we're, we're, we're super dramatic, the, the collector bunch. But anyways, during the, the fan event, which was last Friday, they went through all of their lines and ended with Star Wars. And, and I, I will say we did get a pretty damn good looking wave of new Black Series figures that'll be coming. Uh, in fact, you can pre-order them now. Use our post, the one you're looking at on the, on the live stream, or if you're listening on a podcast platform, just go to StarWarsTime.net and search Hasbro Pulse Fan Event and use our link to Entertainment Earth because you can get me another figure that's going to piss me off and result in that figure's death. But, Nick, here's what we got. So, the latest wave of Black Series revealed during this Hasbro Pulse Fan Event includes... And I fucked this up in the post and never fixed it because I'm a scumbag journalist. It is not Crosshair from the Bad Batch. It's Tech. Tech. So this is, I think this is the fourth Bad Batcher we've gotten in Black Series form. So we almost have the full squad. I think we're just waiting on Echo at this point. Uh, but we, we got to look at, at uh, Tech. He's up for pre-order. Use our link if you haven't gotten him yet. Nice. We got uh, Q90 or Zero from the Mandalorian. Again, just a good-looking figure. It's, it's a good-looking figure. I've really tried in 2021 to to curb the uh, 112 scale buying because of how much 16 scale buying has happened. And so far, I'm failing. <laughs> uh, I've done all right, but this wave, I'm not going to lie, Nick, I had, I had to get the whole one, and we're not through it yet. So that was zero. Okay. Then we got probably my favorite of the line, and it's not so much that I love the character of Aura Singh. I just think she's very interesting looking yeah and makes for a good looking figure i mean she she truly is that like a a a white painted version of that crazy guy from mad max in the beyond the thunderdome you know the dude that like wears he, he essentially wears like a, a a skull on a pole behind his head yeah she she kind of reminds me of that guy but she's just a cool looking uh, figure character she's got those long fingers yeah uh, the bald head the long rifle accessory looks really good too. Yeah, I mean that's remember she she showed up in the Phantom Menace. She gets a very quick little Easter egg type of cameo. She does. So you got Aura's in that wave. Genro, Genro, I like that. <laughs> like Will Row Hood. Uh, General, General, General Lando Calrissian. Sorry, yes. I do not have Tourette's with the word General. Genro. Um, but we got General Lando Calrissian uh, based on his Return of the Jedi look, you know, when he's talking about his maneuvers at the Battle of Teneb. Uh, so we got some uh, a little shit on this Lando, but I, th I think he'll he'll look all right. They didn't they didn't quite like the face. Yeah. So the face seems a little off. But. Yeah. But hey, it's Lando. You got to You got to have Lando <laughs> in his general outfit. And then finally. Casca Reeves. And how can you pass up on a Mandalorian figure? I'll tell you, you can't. So you, <laughs> you got to get this one. Like Joe's saying in the chat, he he passed on buying Aura Singh because of some sort of antenna. It looked like on her head there was like a... If yeah, you look it, on her head, there's like an antenna coming out of her head. Yeah, it sh surely is. So who the fuck knows what that is, yeah, but yeah. we'll just run with it. I got it. You didn't. So I'm better than you. Okay. 
<laughs> I have the full wave. You do not. FOMO on that. Yeah, way to go, Joe. <laughs> Uh, no, he's smart. He's unlike me. He he actually has self control, and when something doesn't look perfect or up to his standards, like, he can hey. actually say no. Where I'm like, well, it's part of a wave. Might as well order the whole wave. Why not? Hundred and eighteen dollars <laughs> later, here we go. All right, so we got that. Well, we also got some TVC. I, I mistakenly because we didn't get many details on the this ship that you saw in the Battle of Scarif, uh, but it's Blue Leader and his X Wing. I think they're coming in. Uh, I now know they're coming in, in the three, seven, five inch format. These are not black series. So once again, I fucked this post up, but because we're not real, we don't care about what we write or post. I didn't go back and edit it. Once I learned the truth, (laughs) I like spreading, I like spreading star Wars collectible disinformation. That's my thing. And then, uh, we also in the black series line, not figure, not figure, is the Wedge Antilles helmet. Yeah. So those of you that like getting the helmets, these Black Series helmets really do look great. Uh, I'm kind of... I, I kind of debated going back and ordering the Mandalorian's Black Series helmet, but I, I, again, Nick, it just it comes down to Space. do you want to spend your, your daughter's college fund on <laughs> Star Wars Barbies, or do you want to start expanding your collection, taking up more space, and just uh, generally making your family hate you even more? So I decided to pass on the helmets. That's a that's a good move. Yeah, I Thank think you. it's a good pass Thank on you. your part Thank there. You. I appreciate that. I, I, I it, need like that. They're big. I mean, like they're full-size helmets. Oh, so they're fucking real. Space. Like you could strap these on. Yeah, and, yeah. and space... Yeah. Once the Funko Pop sell-off is complete, and if I do decide to get rid of the Star Wars Pops, I'll have a lot more kind of storage space. Not in what you're looking at if you're on the live stream. That's that's the 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 civilized portion of Star Wars HQ. But I also have some closed door stuff where the not so great looking collectibles go because they don't sit in boxes in House Haywood anymore. I mean, these these motherfuckers, as soon as they show up, they're coming out of the box. I still feel anxious sometimes doing it i'll tell you what nick when i opened that 50th anniversary qui-gon Jin from best buy and it had that nice hologram shiny card back uh kind of homage to the uh 118 scale figures for the phantom menace i almost almost decided to keep it in the box but i was like don't uh, be an asshole don't yeah, be an asshole you have to keep on that road can never keep the box. Yeah, so I just ripped that box off, and, and here we go. And then, last but not least, you TVC fans out there, we also got, we actually got a ton of TVC reveals. It seems that Hasbro has taken note that the 375-inch uh, collector base is not gone and dead. They want to spend money. They want more toys, so they're getting them. So we're getting a Luke Skywalker Hoth in the, the vintage collection. We're getting a Admiral, this is Hop, Akbar in the TVC. We're getting an Emperor's Royal Guard complete with alternate helmet and shoulder decoration. We are getting Han Solo Endor, and I clicked too many times. (laughs) Uh All right, and then uh, this, I guess this really got the the 375-inch crowd excited and that's the fact that they're doing some gaming greats figures at this scale now oh shit yeah they got the electro purge yep. you got trooper, the purge trooper. trooper you got the shadow stormtrooper from force unleashed Force. Yep. scout trooper from fallen order and a heavy battle droid from battlefront 2 yeah did the those uh 
shadow troopers and the uh purge troopers they always look good i mean doesn't matter the scale it's just those are cool looking like characters that oh yeah yeah totally and i'll tell you what dude if i didn't cross over to the black series a few years ago because i don't know i just i saw people taking pictures of that scale i was like holy shit i want to try that I probably would have never left collecting them. I mean, I've always been a three and three quarter inch collector. I mean, that's all the way up. Like I mean, really all the way it. up through Rogue One, I collected the full waves. I mean, I, I I can see them right now. They're still in boxes, in their packages. That's one of the reasons I'm glad I stopped collecting three and three quarter inch because those I could not take out of their boxes and I still can't. I mean, I've got the, I've got the Thrawn three and quarter. I got nice ones from Rogue One just sitting in there. But if if I never got on the Black Series bandwagon, I'd 100% be going nuts with the TVC at this point in time because they're they're a fraction of the price. I know they're they're still a little more than I'd like to spend for that size of figure. I mean, they're upwards of ten, twelve dollars at point. Uh, some of these, yeah. But damn, do they look good now? And, and they've got. I mean, the the posability has been increased. You're you're getting more than just five points. You're getting knees, elbows, hands, heads, accessories. Uh, so who knows, maybe one of these days I'll, I'll make the flip back to, to this scale, but they, they really Hasbro has, I mean, they've upped their game across all their lines, even though some fans get angry at them as I do too. I mean, I don't buy from Hasbro pulse anymore. I I go through entertainment earth because I can't trust the motherfucking company that produces the toys to actually have them in stock two minutes after they go on sale. Um, so outside of Hasbro's selling practices, I'm, I'm still, uh, I'm still a fan of what they've been doing with Black Series and TVC, but that's what we got from the fan event. Yes. Lots and of good ways to waste your money. <laughs> of course. And I, I wasted about 118 of my monies on that fan event. Thank you. There you go. And the last one in the new in the uh, new Star Wars toy roundup for this episode, we got word of a pop deluxe series going on at GameStop. And the first one they have is uh, it's called the Star Wars Bounty Hunters Collection. And believe it or not, the first bounty hunter you can collect is Boba Fett. Not Din Djarin. Right. Boba Fett. So what they're doing here, Nick. like Like the blue coloring to his outfit down yes yeah, so, so what they're doing here i don't know if you can see the 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 stand that he's on yeah but i i'm assuming at some point in time this series is going to be fleshed out with dangar forlom zuckus giving uh, you the whole crew right that you because saw in empire because the the diorama stand that they're on yeah. it once you put them all together it's going to recreate the bridge scene from Empire Strikes Back, where you know Vader's talking to him, setting up the job. Yeah, you can. Yeah, um, you can see that it'll like definitely snap into something. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. So you Funko Pop people, this is available now. I think it's a uh, 19.99. You can grab it over uh, using the link on StarWarsTime.net. It's going to take you over to uh, GameStop. There you go. So there you go. And let's, that's all the toys for this. Fan it up. It's time for the fans. Greg's in here. He's bitching about top five. Don't worry, Greg. Yeah, uh, you you can bet your ass that your most recent Boba Fett shot will not be in the top five because I didn't even put it in the feature folder. So how do you oh. like that? How Look do you like that. them apples? Look at that, Mister Negative, sh- Mister Me. Shut down. 
But yeah, we no, do Tones have... is like, hey, Tones is like, hey, that's a great boba shot. And Greg doing his usual Eeyore from Way the Pooh stuff. Well, Nick mm. will never put in the top five. Well, Greg, you were right this time because five, like three times. Man. You didn't even like, you didn't get you didn't even get past the first gatekeeper, and that's me. So damn, shut down. But I, I don't I've even got, get I've got to some look other Greg I've got another Greg snaps in there. He's just one of the most impatient motherfuckers we've got. That, that with the top five so yeah. we still love greg you greg that every everything that he touches turns to top but, five gold but don't don't worry like you, you keep pushing pushing me like you've pushed nick i'll just be like him and, and never let you pass the gate yeah <laughs> the gate is shut there all right nick no so uh what do we do question of the week to start off since i think the battle bracket was underneath that or do battle yes bracket we first? can do the we can do the question of the week first because you gotta you threw out a good question here Related to one of our topics, as Matt does every week, he says, what other iconic characters do you want to see in the Kenobi series? That's right. It's a very good question. Well, it must not have been to the fans or I've just, I'm, I'm the, the algo is off when I post these now because we, we're back to getting uh, pretty much zero reaction to it. I told Nick we've had one of our lowest weeks in terms of listenership too. So maybe we just have finally uh, scared Worn off or pissed off welcome. or we've had enough people cancel us over our apparent woke views. Yeah. Woke. We're woke as fuck over here in the Star Wars time show. So all those people have canceled us. But we, we still got five responses. So let's dive in. I'm just and those that do respond. I love you. It's just it's starting to make us look kind of silly when it's the same people all the time, which just reinforces the fact that we have no following. Hey, this first one up, though, that's a new responder. I've never seen this name before. That's Cantina Stories underscore HMWC. And even though it's a short response, it's still a response. He, he hits us with Bail Organa. And, and, and I, I, even though Jimmy Smits wasn't included in that casting grid, and, and let's be yeah. real, this is the first time they've ever put out a casting grid for a Disney Plus show. So. Yeah. Don't be surprised if you're if you're still going to get some surprises, like we said with Qui Gon, and I I too would think that that Bale could lend himself for a a little bit of a cameo in Kenobi, even though Jimmy Smits was not mentioned. I do agree. I mean, like Jimmy Smits was even made his way in Rogue One, so like right a character like that that is really kind of integral to the post, uh, like the post Republic days, helping to establish the. Uh, the rebellion and then also essentially being the father to one of the Skywalker twins, you figured important enough to make their way into right. the Kenobi series in, in some form or fashion. Uh, so I agree that I, even I if just a call or, or like a hollow call. Yeah. Hollow and call quick, you know, let's quick be real. That, that casting grid, those are probably the show stars, the yeah, regulars characters where, you know, guest stars don't usually get on, on the billing on the, on the billboard. Right. I mean, guest stars are guest stars and not until they become part of the main cast, would they get that type of billing? So I, I, I'm I'm holding out hope that there is going to be some bail because it just makes too much sense with some dialogue from Rogue One and really a new hope. I mean, they're going to fucking meet with Bail Organa on Alderaan. So. Yeah, I hope so. I hope that's the case because I think that would be pretty fucking sick. Yep. Um, but yeah, good response there by Cantina Stories underscore HMWC. Next up, we have Mando underscore Mugshots. He says Zuckus and Forlom. Yeah, I mean, bring them back in. I don't know if Kenobi would be the right avenue for Zuckus and Forlom. 
And I also don't know if they're still alive. Like, I don't know if they if they were maybe killed off in the comic series, but I think that those two in particular would make a good addition to like the Boba series, Mando, something like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I mean, to me, any of the famous bounty hunters should be earmarked for Book of Boba. Yeah. And then maybe bleed into Mando. Yeah, I think that's the better approach but, to take with them. But a Zuckus and a Forlom is, is like an Easter egg or they're just in like, a background, maybe sitting in the cantina. I mean, maybe they could already, you know, we see that they're they're regulars in the employ of the Empire, you could say, by by Empire Strikes Back. So maybe they get hired early on. Hey, like, hey, I know Kenobi's still out there. Hunt him down. Like, you know, go kill fucking you know, try to find and kill Kenobi or something like that. Yeah, I just I just want to hear them talk because they're both, you know, the one's a fucking bot. The other one's Robot. got basically a bot head on. I mean, he's yeah. got like this bug eye looking thing. All right. Up next, we got hey, grief cardboard is back after uh, I'll, I'll take griefs. Grief's been gone for a while. So welcome back, Mr. Cardboard. We speak your name. Indeed. Here we go. Fucking Kitster. I would love to see the happy-go-lucky, optimistic, wizard-loving kid from TBM. It would it would <laughs> awesome to see him running his own pit crew for a pod racer. Yeah. Or they could go dark with him and have him be a bounty hunter working for Jabba out of Mos Eisley, leaving us wondering how such a happy kid turned into such a dark individual. Sad. Very Man. sad indeed. Mr. Cardboard did did bring it down to a I dark like level there at the <laughs> end. <laughs> like Kidster. <laughs> he got he got hooked to death sticks and he's yeah. all fucked up and cracked out. <laughs> yeah, like he was he tried to be a racer, but like he fucking crashed his pod and like the first race he was ever in, and ever since then he's been like a fuck. He was a junker. Right. And, and, and anytime wizard. he hears someone say that's a wizard, he punches him in the face because he's like, Hey, yeah, that was my you. line, motherfucker. Yeah, he could. He could <laughs> he could have a dark turn. Any of those Tatooine slave kids, man, like their right. future probably wasn't bright. <laughs> So I, think I like was, I like that one. Fucking what Kitster. a fucking pull that was. Yeah, be. That, that's a that's a deep dive, but it yeah. is that's a wizard. So good one there, grief hey, cardboard. Nice to see you. Next up is balance underscore n underscore the underscore toys balance in the toys says James Arnold Taylor's imperial officer from the Kenobi fan film would be a fun addition. Not sure I want to see many cameos aside from those announced already though. I mean, like Matt and I were saying, like, I don't think that what was announced are cameos. Like, I think that Hayden is going to be in this show for, you know, he might be in it for every episode. Yeah, there, I, it could very well be every episode, but it's definitely going to be more than one. Yeah, it's definitely going to be more than one. Like, cameo stuff, I think James Arnold Taylor, so for those of you who don't know who he is, he is the voice of Kenobi in uh clone wars he does the kenobi voice and acting. he for some reason has a large role in the last blockbuster documentary he does he does i <laughs> I, I was I, like man tom uh, he or james must have been hard up for some cash or just some attention because why the fuck are they talking to this guy about blockbuster I th yeah I, I can't remember because they talked to a lot of people who used to work there who are now like celebrity-ish status yeah. So I can't remember because I watched it and I really enjoyed it, but I don't. I'm not gonna lie, I felt a little bad for James watching that because it seems like he tries very hard and like has to remind everybody that he's done Star Wars and this. And oh, that. James! Trust me, James is not hurting for work. He he yeah. works a lot. He just uh, I don't know. He just seemed like he was 
playing it up to the camera a little too much like maybe wasn't I mean, being he, completely natural yeah i mean he isn't a voice actor he's an actor so maybe he's turning it up a little bit but yeah if you look at his if you look at his uh what you call it his uh imdb page oh he's, he's legit got, he's legit yeah no he's got a lot of stuff i mean he is a voice actor of course he's not like a you know, he, I don't think he's ever been in anything live action himself. But like, well, I guess that's why it just it felt like he was auditioning to the camera like, hey, I can do voices <laughs> and I'm talking <laughs> about Blockbuster for some reason. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, like he's not he's not hurting for work for sure. But um, I think it would be cool. I mean, like, I mean, we've essentially already seen one voice actor brought in to play a role that was, you know, Katie Sackhoff reprising her role as Bo-Katan. Um, yeah, I think it would be fun to throw a bone to, you know, James Arnold Taylor's, but nobody would know who he was outside of the people who are really in the know about the voice. Yeah, there, bang, bang, like bang, that. bang knows what I'm talking about. Like he had his like Obi-Wan cardboard up. It just, it felt like he was, you know, really trying to flex his, his clout. Like, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm man. James Arnold. Taylor. Hey, whatever. I'm jealous, James. Just be a jealous <laughs> shithead, bro. <laughs> there you go. But no, I All think right. it would be a fun. Who's game. next? Oh, we got, uh, I think we have an award winner in here. We got, yeah, this is press pause. So Connor. Okay. So press uh, pause photography. I know it's a long shot, but I hope to see Ahsoka in flashbacks for no other reason than a Clone Wars flashback with Kenobi, Anakin and Ahsoka would be the final bridge to tie animation to live action. It would put a nice little bow on the saga for me, especially since we know Hayden is confirmed and Qui-Gon. That's my real hope, but that feels pretty likely already. Yeah. You see, even, even Connor here knows that the likelihood of the, of the Qui-Gon happening is, is pretty high. I think the Ahsoka thing is really interesting because now it is it's beyond possible. Like it is very readily available for you to do that. Um, the, I mean, obviously, it the would, trick um, is going to be like it would be a 100 percent fan service, in my opinion. Yeah. And but, you would have to do like you're talking. to. I don't know. If, I mean, yeah, Rosario can do it, but like you're. Rosario initially plays an Ahsoka that's essentially 20 something years older than or 30 years older than the last time that we saw her. Well, that's why everyone was saying when the casting came out, I forget the the black female's name. It was Moses, Moses something. That's why everyone's like, oh, she's going to be the young Ahsoka. I mean, she could be. um, But do you do you really cast a whole other human just for a flashback? And now you got more continuity issues with head tails. Yeah. I mean, I would love to see it because like, like press pause says like, this, Oh, hundred percent. It would it, be it, a beautiful transition. It is, it is pure fan service, but done in a way that, as he said, just cements the fact that they've, they've, you know, they've crossed over in between live animation back to live, uh, so on and so forth. I do think there is going to be a clone wars flashback. I just don't know if Ahsoka is going to be in it. Yeah, I mean, I think it would be really cool if they were able to pull that off in a believable way, and I think they can. I mean, it's they've they've never really done anything egregious so far with their uh, with their casting or with their you know how they've portrayed characters in any of their live action TV shows yet. So I feel confident that they can do it. It's just do they feel the need to make that connection in the Kenobi series? Uh, but I think it would be cool. So 
Good All stuff right. there. So it's on to the battle bracket update. So those of you that are not in the know, Nick runs this on our Instagram at Star Wars Time Show. And this time around, he is doing Star Wars versus Marvel. Sometimes you may have Marvel v. Marvel or Star Wars v. Star Wars. But the goal is to find who is the strongest character, a Star Wars character or a comic book character from the Marvel Universe. Yes, indeed. And this is what our, our third week of it. So this week's update is going to uh, catch you up on the number seven seed versus the number 10. Nick, go. Yes. So the number seven seed, Captain Marvel versus the number 10 seed, Magneto. And yes, closer, this was than a, I, this, closer than I postulated yeah, last you, week. You were like, oh, it's going to be a blowout and Magneto is going to win. And, and me, in my non like people hate certain people for certain reasons brain was like, I really feel like <laughs> Captain Marvel wins this. But uh, clearly you were right, and clearly the fans were not a huge, you know, participants in this vote. Uh, we only had a total of, let me do some quick math here, 83 votes on, oh this, on this particular poll. Well, I'll, uh, I'll say this. I, I'll give our fans a little bit of a pass, because I've noticed this over the past month or so. I feel like Reach across the board is getting worse and worse on Instagram. I'm talking my personal stuff, Star Wars time show. I mean, we used to add close to 100 fans every week and a half. We're crawling right now as we approach that magical 10,000 mark. Uh, I I think it was the the Monday features. I don't think one of them got over 200 likes, which is odd. I just think in general, IG is fucking with the algo again and and really, really hiding shit and really making it impossible to see content unless you truly tap like on an on an account's content every single day. Yeah, it seems like we're at the uh, the bottom of the the wheel right now for the Instagram algorithm. But um, I mean, this was also an all Marvel showdown here on the Star Wars versus Marvel bracket. And that, that happens sometimes when you build brackets with even numbers of participants on both sides. So unfortunately, like, yes, we're a Star Wars show and we put out a bracket that has two Marvel characters on it. So it wasn't necessarily resonating perfectly with our with our fan base. But anyway, the uh, the. Results broke out as such. 45% for Captain Marvel, 55% for Magneto. Like I said, way closer, way closer. Yeah, I mean, you were expecting it to be a complete and utter fucking Yeah, I thought it was just going to be like a ridiculous blowout, like 99 to 1. So the... I'll do some notable voters on each side so we can call out all the misogynists who voted for Magneto. And I'm just kidding. It's a legitimate, <laughs> it's a legitimate vote. And I mean, like you can have legitimate arguments for you how women Magneto haters. Yeah. So all of, all of the people who voted for Magneto hate women. It is confirmed. So, um, let's see who's on that list of, of, of haters here. Um, Klondike studios. Wow. Oh. Joe. Wow. Okay. Now we know what to think about Joe. Gregu snaps again. Joe is, is, his motto is, I'm all for dicks, no chicks. Yeah. I mean, Gregu snaps. We know he's hated women from day one, so that's no (laughs) surprise. Uh, Let's see who else we got here. That's the only two we'll call out here from from Magneto. And then all of the good people who voted for Captain Marvel. All of the the people that are right. Yeah, all of the correct people. (laughs) Star Wars Toy 73, a.k.a. Dark Hideous. There we go. You can't do math to save your fucking life. (laughs) And, And then... Me, that Nixie, I'm a good person, right? Yes, (laughs) of course I am. Ripic Tan. 
a a regular no uh, Ripick is Ripick's becoming one of our best super fans that that yeah. person they comment they they support us well i enjoy it and then we have <laughs> lima four photos baron's black series All right. and potential i think the only uh the only woman woman female lady in our uh in our discord that's laura minigar thank you all for voting and voting correctly but you know (laughs) that's not how voting works voting works in the way this election was stolen i have proof (laughs) i'm not gonna go full trump on you but i will say that in my opinion as my vote says i think that captain marvel would have won the showdown (laughs) but that's not yeah greg greg voted for magneto he's always hated women (laughs) (laughs) so i tell you you what he loves gina carano he does Uh, but that was fun all right we got another one (laughs) we're gonna pull up the next one now so the next showdown Uh, is going to be between luke skywalker and ahsoka tano oh no the fan battle is really out here and i will say that there's a significantly higher voter turnout there's 217 total votes for this one out of 434 that saw it so exactly 50 percent of the people voted um and this is how it broke out. 53% for Luke, 47% that's, for Ahsoka. That's a pretty good spread, man. It is very close, I, I will say. And I knew that this was going to be a close vote. I had a feeling like that it could go either way. And it, it really did kind of show that. Do you so, think uh, Luke's surprise cameo might have pushed him over the top? I like that, that might have been the juice. Yeah, okay. I think that's the juice that got him over the line. But it was 114 votes for Luke, 103 for Ahsoka. Let's see how it broke down in terms of voters. We'll go with Ahsoka first since she was the loser and all of these people are losers. Uh, Let's see. Notable voters for Ahsoka. The Corellian Smuggler, Intergalactic Raptor, Action Figure Neverland. Man. Ripic Tan. Oh. Laura Minigar again. Sorry, you're on the wrong side this time, Laura. Miss Geeky Gem. More girl like, power. More girl power. I mean, they, Sir Dork. Sorry, Jared. Ooh, you're wrong a, pick. You're a loser. Lima four. So you can see <laughs> there's a lot of, and this time, Star Wars Toy 73, Darth Hideous on the wrong side of the boat. I was like, yeah, you're like, oh, you're a loser. Y'all are all losers. Sorry. <laughs> But thank you for voting. Hey, the poll. I'll tell you what, though. Jared's got a sweet new shark head sent to him from Mountain Dew that he's been wearing. So that. it's pretty slick. I saw that in, on one of his videos. But no, like on this one, I didn't vote because I really couldn't decide who <laughs> to vote for. Like, I just. Um, you know, this if you really think about this one and don't get your, you know, don't get all worked up with the Skywalker blood nonsense. I still think that Luke wins. Yeah. Like even if you if you look at it objectively, just in terms of like f- pure like yes, you can argue that Ahsoka had more more Jedi training. She was she never really became a Jedi knight. Like she never no. le- like was not she, a padawan. Right. I so, I mean, I, I think it's safe to say at this point Ahsoka is the best of what a Jedi was supposed to be. She figured that out more than any, more than Yoda, more than Kenobi, all of them. Yeah. Luke had the cheat with the, with the blood. Yeah. So, and we actually, we, we now, we, we have these two in the same timeline. We just saw it in Mandalorian. You have uh, Soka in episode five, Luke in eight. 
So you literally plop him right out of the Mandalorian, put him in a ring at that stage. So Luke is still a, a fairly fresh Jedi Knight. Yeah. Of his own, by the way, he made himself a Jedi Knight. No one granted him the rank of Jedi Knight. He's just like, you know what? I fucking killed my dad and didn't succumb, so Boom. I am a Jedi. Fuck yeah. you. Jedi Knight Luke now, bitch. <laughs> I've, I've got it. no braids to cut off. I'm just a Jedi. I said so. Eat a dick. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's a fight. Th- this would be a f- this one we could probably spend twenty minutes on yeah. arguing back you and forth. You could really go back and forth. It's a tough one to, to to litigate, but I think that like, I mean, when it comes down like pure force, like yeah, I think Luke Luke Bester and in, in pure raw force strength, and then the lightsaber battle. I mean, it would be interesting because Ahsoka is nasty with the two. I blades. would, I would definitely, I agree hundred percent that Luke has more force potential and power, but in terms of lightsaber skills and fighting skills in general, I think Ahsoka smokes his ass. Yeah, I think that's where he really gets kind of bested. There, he's outclassed because I mean that's a lot of what training was for a Padawan was like lightsaber skills like yeah, you, all the, you basically all the forms. had lightsaber skills and then force school and ahsoka really was a beast with the sabers so it's it's hard to 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 say that that luke could could stand up to her with a, purely a blade um so yeah i mean that was a really interesting breakout and because of those two uh because of those two battles that went down um <laughs> one of our our, our chatters in, in the live stream connor aka press pause you know he says captain marvel's such a poorly written character okay fine you know there you can have arguments there now you put scarlet witch versus magneto that would be interesting well guess what connor you got your wish because that's going to be one of the showdowns you in see that round two. you see how the star wars time show rolls look at that that is instant <laughs> fan service people instant feedback so now you're going to have magneto versus scarlet witch in round two <laughs> i bet he didn't know you were going to come back with that you didn't know and then uh, our our final battle of round two will be decided this week. So we have Luke Skywalker versus either Revan or Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, Ooh. Jesus. Oof. There we go. Man, so, I'm hoping for a, a an apprentice master battle on that one. But That would be I, pretty sweet. I have that a feeling Revan's going to mop up Mr. I don't Hello know, there. man. Revan... Revan, lo- I think he lost that exact showdown in our force user battle bracket last okay. time. So right. it's, it's a it's a rematch. And, you know, Kenobi's got a lot of juice behind him with the show coming. Kenobi. People are, Kenobi! People are ready for Mr. Hello there. But we'll see that. So that's that's the so, Connor, you're getting your wish. Magneto versus Scarlet, Witch is going to be round two later bracket. Boom. And that's the end of the battle bracket breakdown. I just so had that's some Sam Witwer Tourette's right there. <laughs> Good obey. I, don't, I think it was SW props. But I, I saw it was like, I don't know if Sackoff was on a podcast or they were just all chatting, but it was, it was Katie and a dude and they were talking to Sam. Sam was kind of in his live streaming setup. You know, you've seen it before. He's playing a yeah. game. He's like, it looks like he's in a little library. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for some reason, I guess they were trying, they were having him reenact him yelling out Kenobi like that. And, and dude, like, I mean, he was getting into it. I mean, he even, eventually he stood up and just was like, Kenobi! <laughs> and I'm like, ah, Sam, we love you, buddy. I love, love Sam, you. man. I love him. I, and like, he's one of those people that like, I mean, he's, he's a dork. He, like he is a, yeah. he is, he's one of these, he's kind of like us where, I mean, me in particular, if I didn't talk about 
my love of Star Wars, people really wouldn't know that I'm a huge fucking dork. Okay. Yeah. They just wouldn't know. I, I work out. I was popular in high school. I was captain of the football team. All that shit. As a midget, even I was a, I was a <laughs> tiny guy. I mean, I, I've 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 had great success for a small man. And, and I, Sam's kind of the same way, right? Like, like yeah. you know, he's a good looking dude. You really wouldn't know that he's such a Star Wars dork. And by that, I mean, like, he knows it inside and out. He knows the motivations. He knows why a certain character would say something or wouldn't say something. So when they, when they kind of loop in like that, even Freddie Prinz got that way with Kanan. Yeah, exactly. Like, where yeah, they become does. so invested. I just, I, imp- I appreciate that with my Star Wars actors of any flavor, voice or actually playing them in the flesh yeah so I, i've always, I'll always appreciate what sam contributed through um galen and can we still call him galen because then galen get taken by an actual galen i guess i'll just I say mean, his star name killer is still galen marrick right so, so i mean i yeah. guess he, he, it doesn't change his name I just, I mean, star killer i think more people yeah. remember him as star killer but yeah. star it also killer doesn't Kenobi. change the fact that star killer is no longer canon right. r.i.p um, all right man let's but do yeah, it i mean his like you can see like his love for star yeah. wars in his he treats like, it like it's real life like we do yeah yeah it's uh, i would love to have him on the show i mean this guy sam is such a big personality and so many he's so well known that like we would never be able to get him no. on this show no um but to have a to have a conversation with somebody like him who it'd is a, as it'd be a blast as we are because I, I could be like hey sam what was it like when you had to read this line of dialogue and then for the next 20 minutes we're in story time with sam yeah and like it was i really enjoyed talking to silas um, and I really enjoyed all the insight, all the behind the scenes stories he gave and stuff like that. But Silas isn't necessarily a Star Wars nerd right. like we right. are. So like when we tried to like bait him with nerd questions, it was more just like, oh, you know, th- that was just the job. And, you yeah, know, there was like, you know, who gives you a shit. The- he's like, grow yeah. up, you idiots. With this Sam, is fake. <laughs> with Sam, if you were to position something yes. like that to him, like you said, he, he would get like, into oh, the man. weeds with us on Star Wars stuff for sure. Yeah. You know, it would be a really fun show. And it, it, it would be a show that could last six hours because we just sit there and continue. Until he's like, yo, you guys now owe me $25,000 <laughs> yeah, for like, my, appearance my appearance fee. fee? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, well, sorry, sir. And yeah, just in case you're asking, there are people asking us for yeah, appearance fees. So and it's, just, it, it's we, real life. We don't have that kind of money. Yo. Yeah. But uh, no, I mean, I, I love Sam. I loved Sam from when he played Aiden in fucking... Uh, doomsday um, on smallville I mean, that's where i first doomsday came across yeah guy. like yeah. I, I i first was introduced I, I didn't watch smallville but i first found him on being somebody human, the US save of being human. me i mean he was even in the most recent season of fucking riverdale he played a school professor uh, um, there he was also in supergirl i forgot supergirl he was in supergirl indeed yeah man i mean like he gets around like sam does a lot of work and I mean, he's just a fantastic But he, it's like he's always in the geeky verse, which I love. I mean, he just, yeah. he lives in here. I mean, I, I guess if I could have a career, I'd want to be kind of like Sam. Yeah, no, I totally uh, agree. Where you could probably still go outside and have some sort of a normal life. Yeah. But you're, but you, like, you've done like so much geeky pop culture shit that you're, you're still known and you have a good life. Yeah, no, no. 
All right, man, let's switch it up. It, it's time for this week's version of the Top 5 Star Wars Fan Artist Features of the Week. This is how we do it. You got to be following us on Instagram at Star Wars Time Show. And if you put up some Star Wars art, it could be anything Star Wars. It doesn't just have to be toys. We love our toys over here, but we also love all things Star Wars art. So it could be paint. It could be real ass paint, tattoos, you name it. Tag yep. us at Star Wars Time Show. The first tag, by the way. And then, just to be safe, use our hashtag Star Wars Time Show. So every day in the morning, you can come to our page on Instagram and you will see 12 brand new and fresh, excellent pieces of Star Wars fan art. And I do that every day, seven days a week, pulling from those of you that tag us and use our hashtag in your Star Wars art. Then on show days, which is Tuesday, the live stream you may be listening or watching right now is when Nick picks his five favorite out of those seven days of 12 shares to discuss, to praise, to lick and caress on the show during, as I said, the top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week. So Nick, let's do it. Let's do it. First one up this week in the top five is... Is this a back-to-back? I think this might be a back-to-back. Look at you. Press pause. I was trying to remember. I was like, did he? Did press pause get in last uh, week? I think because he was last week, week with another evil Luke. So you you clearly Dude, have a thing for okay, evil yeah. Luke. Th- then it was him. Because I was like, oh, yeah, man. I'm like in an evil Luke <laughs> mood. Like, I don't know what's happening right now. But fucking evil Luke is just pulling me in. And if he, yeah. So it, it was last week. And this one is just fucking. It's like the evil Luke that we saw last week from press pause. Like jacked up to 11. Because he's got the whole fucking. He's got the. The red Skywalker family blade, his father's blade. You can see his dad behind him in the background, and he's even shooting. He's doing what his father could oh, never do. Yeah, he's showing do. off. He's showing off the old daddy. He's Channeling. like, ha, ha, look, because oh, you yeah. you didn't think, you thought you could take the high ground. Look what I can do. Ha, ha, yeah. ha. Channeling the force lightning through his fingers, and then you get those great fucking dark side Sith eyes. Just everything about this shot. The, the, the posing, the post-processing effects the everything about this no, shot it's, it's quality. just screams it's quality. fucking awesomeness I'll, I'll let everyone in on a secret at press pause photography has made it to the uh matt needs to governor type of level <laughs> in terms of pretty much every shot press pause is putting out these days is is share worthy yeah. So I either just have to pass on some that should be shared or they're going to sit in the featured folder for a little bit and get, uh, you know, wait for a rainy day. But but press underscore pause underscore photography with a bonus underscore uh, has really started to kind of hit his stride. It has a very clear uh, way of uh, creating his Star Wars toy art. And he's definitely someone when I'm scrolling through now these days, I can go, that's a press pause and I like it. Yeah. It's just really beautiful and inspired work. I love how he's, he's taking the, you know, Luke, the, the essentially the paragon of the light for the entire right. Star Wars canon saga and, and really giving him his dark turn, that alternate reality. Yeah, the the most impressive thing to me is he got one of those shitty Hasbro Jedi robes to actually flow over a character's head. 
It does. That actually looks very good. Because I, I think what he's using there, he's using those hyper reels again. He he seems to be a big fan of the hyper reels. I like them too. I don't know if they're going to keep the line going. It doesn't seem so. It seems they stopped after everyone was like, oh my God, Luke sucks. He's all rubber. Um, But it seems he's using the Black Series Jedi Knight Luke robe on this guy and because this figure's slightly bigger maybe it's making the hood fit better but i mean that's one of the most impressive things to me just because i know how sometimes these hoods from hasbro or these robes from hasbro are as bunk as it gets like yeah, they yeah. they just you almost have to you know stitch the hood down just to get it to flow a certain way <laughs> so it's not doing that that you know the the, the clan look oof oof yeah so i mean that on top of the posing, on top of the post-processing, on top of everything else in the shot, just a fantastic piece of work by at press underscore oh, yeah. pause, no, he's underscore great. I mean, a great follow. Like I said, everything out is is definitely like worthy. I, I had to just pass on his most recent one. I think he did a one six scale Mando and it, it's very nice. But I was like, you know what? Press pause is getting too much heat. Yeah. Too gotta much. Cool we got to cool you down. He, he's in that. He's, he's up there with Sir Dork now, Super Scoundrel, everything. You know, the, the people, yeah. if they post, it's it's feature worthy. But I just got to, I got to watch it. There right? we go. Got to yeah. tone you're, it down. You're in carbon freeze now, press pause. So just be prepared. <laughs> um, <laughs> this next one up, I saw this and I literally thought it was a, a yeah, screen like a piece grab of CG from art, right? Yeah. What? Yeah, it, you like, thought it was like CG, right? Yeah, no, I did. I thought I was like, oh wow, this is just like a screen grab from from Clone Wars. But what it really is is a fucking incredible shot from at from the outer rim on yeah. Instagram, and it yes. is of the two Knight brother brothers, Darth Maul, aka Just the Maul, Mauls. at this point, right? They're, they're, all then, their last names are Maul. <laughs> yeah, Maul and Savage Opress. Yeah, Maul Maul and Savage Maul Opress. Yeah, and the. Like the incredible thing about this is like, I don't know, like the figures themselves obviously look amazing, but the posing job and the po like the the lightsaber effect that from the outer rim put on these lightsabers is literally matches pixel perfect to the lightsaber effects that are used in the show. It's and vibrant. that's what threw me off the most is one, the shot itself is so crisp and clean that it looks like it came straight from the show, even if you didn't have the lightsabers. But that added lightsaber effect on both Maul and Savage Press's sabers is literally the exact effect that they use in the show. And it fucking blew my mind. Here's the, here's, like, here's the intriguing part of this, Nick. These are either three and three quarter inch scale figures. So like palm of your hand, tiny guys. Yeah. Here's my, if you're on camera, I got my, my shirtless Maul here from Rebels. I mean, look how little this is if you're on the live stream they're tiny absolutely tiny so those are either three and three quarter inch or or a statue or full-on customs that from the outer rim printed and painted because yeah. those are those aren't one six scale and those aren't one twelve scale yeah i mean it's, it's i'm looking at the the shot that he posted like on his ig and he doesn't say like where like what kind of figures it is or whether they're customs or not but I mean, like this, it, it's just fucking mind blowing how good this looks. Yeah. Like it literally looks like a, a grab from the fucking show. Like yep. it's, it's just so impressive 
And we're getting um, at, I mean, Connor's saying the same thing in the chat. At first, when he was scrolling through, he thought it was a, a screen grab. And that's when you know you've won the game of toy photography <laughs> yeah. from the Outer Rim. So kudos there if you're listening i i know you, you at least saw the, the the flares went out that you're going to be talked about today so if you're either live in the stream now let us know but are, are these three and three quarter inch figures statues or customs yeah also the fact that this guy that from the outer rim riley only has guy girl i don't know only has 1100 followers is like disturbing in a way like how with, with, I mean, I know that that from the outer rim has been featured in the past as well. Oh, yeah. Like the quality. No, it's, of a, work. it's a fun account. Uh, this yeah. account, they do some good stuff with with scene recreations and characters that I don't know where they come from. Like this most recent one, that boss Nass. I don't know what the fuck that is. That, that's not Black Series. Yeah, I mean that is. Inc- but it's yeah. somehow it's scaled up to go with the Black Series Jar Jar. And if you look at Jar Jar, like he, he the color grading is spot on to the Phantom Menace. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, mean, it's, I just it's shared perfect. this shot earlier, this either today or yesterday, of uh, it's like an Empire Strikes Back scene remake of Leia looking at the planning boards. Okay, yeah. Uh, but it's just, it's a great scene recreation. So, no, I'm, I'm with you. From the Outer Rim, uh, takes some great shots, does some great recreations, and seemingly mixes successfully three and three quarter inch with the six inch. Because this shot here of. Uh, of Palpatine and Anakin. That Anakin, I know for a fact, is the Black Series Anakin. But yeah. there is no Black Series or Palpatine like that. Yeah. So yes. I'm thinking from the Outer Rim has has gotten really good at mixing scales, which is not an easy trick to pull off. There you go, dude. That's that's pretty fucking cool. So give this person, I don't know him, her. I can, I don't know if it's a, a male or a female. Give this person a follow at from the Outer Rim on instagram i mean shots like this just mind-blowing incredible work all right we're getting an update i guess rob rob chase is a a he is an advocate for from the outer rim he says they're three and a three and three quarter inch figs from the three pack so i was right wow okay i mean shit but that that's that's, i wanted to highlight that because that makes it even more impressive i mean these things are fucking tiny and, and they shouldn't have that amount of detail. So again, kudos from the outer rim. Yeah. Beautiful work. Oh, speaking uh, of Rob Chase, here we go. Yeah. Speaking of Rob Chase, piping up at the right time, he's back in the top five at Rob BBB underscore Chase. And, you know, pop photography, Matt, that was your dealio. That's back where I in started. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And every now and then a pop shot makes their way in, but more recently, when a pop shot makes their way in, it is from our friend it's Rob, from Rob Chase. Chase. No, and Rob Rob has become, in my opinion, and, and I'm not involved in that scene at all. I only see Rob's stuff through our hashtag or sometimes through the the good old Toy Pops share session that a lot of us know about. Yeah. No one rivals what this with what, what this person's putting out in, in terms of Funko Pop art. Yeah. And I mean, this one here that we have is a very insane. Pensive, I would say, very emotional Vader pop shot, which one, you're like, emotional Vader doesn't go together to start with. And three and two, emotional Vader pop doesn't go together because the one thing that pops lack is emotion. So the fact that Rob Chase has been able to fucking take this this little Vader pop and pull emotion out of this robotic being is incredible in itself. But you can see, you can literally see in this shot, 
the shades of just sad boy Anakin coming out. Do you, of Nick, this, do you of know this. what the, the blue butterflies are? Because those mean something as well. That was like what was flying around Padme had Padme's well, head well, like Grogu too and, and okay, Mando yeah. S2. Apparently these they're like forced butterflies. That's forced that's butterflies. the symbolism. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. Okay. Yeah. I remember it. And so Mando to S2. me, he he's like on Mustafar. Yeah. Reminiscing about his his light side past. Yeah. And like you said, I mean, he you do see him feeling bummed out. There is a, a sense of depression coming out of this image. And, and here's the deal and why these are so impressive. Vader's head is attached with a goddamn spring. Yeah, exactly. These are, these are fucking bobbleheads. Okay. So Rob either has to bend and manipulate the head and steel into position or somehow after the fact uses Photoshop to readjust uh, Vader's head tilt. So that's a thing of beauty and impressive. The other thing, these cocksuckers at Funko, for some reason, only on the Star Wars line, include a base with these yeah. pops. And over the past two or three years, someone at Funko HQ had the brilliant idea of super gluing the pop to the fucking base. <laughs> like the base has peg stands to go in the peg holes in the feet. Yet they made the decision at the fucking factory to super glue the pop. Here we go. This might even be the same Vader we're looking at. Mine's the, the shiny one here. Look, it's fucking glued to the base. Glued. Okay. So he, he probably either had to, again, wipe it out or I remember what I had to do. You soak them in hot water, loosen up the glue, get a knife out, try not to fucking scratch up the pop in the base and pry the damn thing off just so you can shoot it like a normal human because not all Funko Pops have to be on a base. Yeah. Only exactly. Star Wars does it, Nick. There's no other pop line that does it. I For some don't. reason, Star Wars and Marvel had to have the bobblehead, which is stupid. And, and then Star Wars only has to have a fucking base. Yeah. It's insane to me that they made it so unusable for literally no reason. So that also is impressive. Just prepping this damn thing to make this work of art that Rob did is impressive. I, at this point, setting this shot up, he did, he's given us some, uh, uh, a peek behind a curtain. Apparently he used a toothpick to angle the head. So bravo. But at this point in, 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 my, in my toy photography stage, if I was trying to set up this shot, Vader's head would probably be missing. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Because I, I would have ripped the... it off just trying to get the damn base off or, or stabbed myself with a knife trying to pry the base off. But just to kind of wrap this back, I mean, this, this is artwork, all right? Yes. Yes, it is a, it's toy photography, but there, there are times in, our, in, in, in this hobby where I consider it to cross over into full-on artwork. It's, it's all artwork, sure. But this is like high art, right? High art. Not, yes. you know, you smoke weed and you look at it. it it's, <laughs> it's high, it's refined, it's a poster. I mean, this is, Funko itself doesn't create images this pleasing looking. No, not, <laughs> not even a little bit. Not so even close, Rob... So. Love what you're doing with the pops, even though I don't collect them anymore. I still, I still do appreciate where I came from and the, the $20,000 plus they made me selling them. <laughs> Thank you. But it's just, it, it is a, 
it, it truly is masterful to see what this guy is doing with these fucking static pops glued to bases and, and just producing an image like this. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful work at Rob R O B B B underscore chase on Instagram. So go give him a follow. Uh, next up in the top five, we have, I believe this is a first time top five entry here and also a very popular shot with the community over 1100 likes on our share. This is I like from, it. I like it. Delansta, D-Y-L-A-N-S-T-A-9. Delansta9 9 on Instagram. And what we have is a is a rare Knights of Ren shot, but it almost is like a like a like a samurai Knights of oh, Ren no, it, shot. It's a custom. I I guess we should just go look at his post because he gave him a name. But what Delansta9 did is he created or he tweaked the Knights of Ren figure to make it look radical yes uh, he, he he gave him he's got like old school flash helmet wings on his helmet yeah he's got like a, a, a an uh, like a medieval like a knight visor, visor yeah. on his helmet he's got uh, shin pads knee pads the armor's different on the top and then he's impaling a a, a hoth rebel soldier uh, the capes fluttering in the air i don't know i just to me, what what I first reacted to is this custom Knight of Ren. I just, I fucking love that thing. Yeah, it, like it definitely catches your eye immediately. I mean, like you look at this and you can see like, okay, the helmet, you can, you know, if you know Star Wars that it's a Knight of Ren. But like you said, everything else that Dylan did to this figure just gave it such a pop and flair that like you can't help but be drawn into the image. And, you know, with the red ignited lightsaber, kind of like you said, impaling, going right through the chest of this Hoth Rebel Scout, like, it's just such an evocative image. You're like, holy yeah, shit. Yeah, that's a, that's, a good, that's a good way to describe it. It is. Yeah. It, 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 it'll evoke something from you. I mean, it, yeah. it's pretty brutal. Uh, but I, like I said, I just, that, that custom night is what initially caught my eye. And I also, I, I kind of like the grading Dylan Sta goes with. He usually uses a, a a darker tone in a lot of his images, but that the night and just how he stitched all those random pieces together to create effectively a new character. Uh, I'm always a fan watching what people do with their toys and turn them into other toys. Definitely. So at Dylansta, D-Y-L-A-N-S-T-A nine on Instagram. So go give him a follow. Um, yeah, I mean, just incredible custom work right there. Oh on shit. Figure. It's a pop breakdown week. It's a pop that. breakdown week. Uh Oh, Matt's surprised, Woo! but don't worry. It's not something from way back in the day. All right. Um, but the lab, before we get there, we have our last entry in the top five this week and that's from at scale galaxy on Instagram. And we have a pretty awesome shot here where you're seeing our good friends, Anakin and Obi-Wan, from the Rots days in conversation with Commander Cody and Captain Rex yeah, it's, here. It's the generals and their direct reports. Exactly. And I just let, and like, I, I don't think this is definitely not a scene recreation unless it's something that was pulled from the Clone Wars. No, it's not. It's just a but, shot. Uh, yeah, it's just a shot. And it's just such a clean shot that, like you said, shows off four very iconic characters and, and what is very likely a, a common occurrence during the Clone Wars, you know? During the, the times of battle, these four would definitely have to get together oh, yeah. 
yeah. and break down strategy, whether you know, and 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 figure out how they're going to take out this this uh you know this CIS emplacement or or you know what's the update on Grievous? What can we? What do we know? And um, I just love the I love the setup and I love the you know the the use of these four characters in this type of show. And it also just goes to show the, just the sheer quality of the hot toys brand. Yeah. The one six scale. Uh, Cause these are all one six scale. I mean, that, that Rex in the background is really getting me excited to one day get my clone wars Rex one six scale. But I mean, that's years away the way sideshow is, sh- is shipping their hot toys figures. Now I might get it 10 years down the road. <laughs> IG 11 just got delayed again. He was supposed oh, to come out in November. He's delayed again. Uh, but yeah, I mean, hot toys for the win. I'm, yeah. I'm kind of glad I've made that transition. I just wish I could cut down the smaller stuff a bit, but at scale galaxy, it's a nice little digirama shot. You know, the, the background and foreground light matches pretty well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would assume a fairly easy setup, but sometimes easy setups can produce good looking shots. I mean, honestly, I, I love easy setups. You all know me yeah. here. Uh, if shit gets too intricate, I, I blow a gasket. I'm <laughs> ridiculous. Just to put it into perspective, it's just not toy stuff. Last Friday, I had one of my most embarrassing moments as a father and how I act in front of my daughter. Oh, no. When, you know, after a whole week, I'm working, doing my thing, teaching, Star wars being locked up because I still believe in doing the right thing. So on the weekend, especially up north here when it's nice, I want to go outside, sit on my deck, start a fire in my solo stove and, and watch some TV outside with I, now, Nick, I now have a full-on surround sound system for outside. I have a Holy subwoofer, <laughs> I have a stream bar, and I have rear speakers. They're all wow, wireless okay. from Roku. But anyways, I get everything set up because, you know, it's a nice day. I looked at the weather earlier. Nothing. It's going to be a perfect day. Okay. Just get, go outside. I, I drag out a 55-inch TV right now because I still don't feel like doing the projector yet. I might actually buy a new one so we can start watching... Uh, the projector before it's like a nine thirty, so it's dark enough. But anyways, I, it takes like thirty minutes. I drag everything out. I sit down. I start having a beer, and out of nowhere, I start to see dark skies. Oh no! And I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me! I just looked. I just fucking looked. I looked at radar, <laughs> everything, nothing. So I pull my phone back up. It starts beeping. Warning! Warning! Tornado! Oh. Flash flood! Lightning storm! I'm like, what? It's fucking Friday. I'm hungry. I've been starving myself all week. I've been working my ass off all week in the gym, the Haywood gym. I just want to I just want to have my usual Friday play out. I want to sit on the deck. I want to eat some good food, drink some good IPA beer and watch some TV in front of a fire. And then that happens. I see that. So then it starts to kick in like the universe is fucking me over. <laughs> the universe is going to fuck me over. It's going to fuck me over. And then, then it just starts spiraling out of control. Now I start making my thoughts known to the world. Because now not only is dad's day ruined, but now he's got to ruin everyone else's day. Because I am oh, that no. piece of shit. <laughs> I'm one of those pieces of shit when they're in a bad mood or they're not feeling good. That Then you try to take everyone else down with you. So here I am, 40 years old, on a Friday night, outside, screaming. <laughs> fuck you universe why do you do this to me i just wanted a fucking fire and you ruined my whole fucking weekend i get two fucking days a week to enjoy myself ah, ah, just craziness 
craziness. Oh, no. Like, this isn't a show. It's not for fun. I don't think I'm being funny while I'm doing it. In fact, while I'm doing it, I know it's the wrong thing to do, but I'm still too fucked up to stop myself from doing it. It was so bad that I guess Heather had to take Charlie, not like away from me, like I was killing people. But she just realized at that point, like, okay, we've already seen Charlie react this way to things that don't go her way. So clearly I've been rubbing off on the wrong way. Yeah. So so she took her away. And what Charlie said to my wife, daddy does what I do sometimes. And now I can see how bad it is. And I'm like, oh my God. So, I mean, my wife tried to like spin my horrible behavior. She's like, well, at least you gave me a teaching moment with her where she actually realized how, yeah. ridiculous you were acting but she was able to associate it to her own meltdowns over nonsense oh, that no. it, it was a good learning moment but me as a person that does that and then once the dust settles and the hulk goes away and banner comes back yeah i feel like the biggest failure loser of all time oh man yeah, and it's it's tough. like where you wake up on saturday and i'm not drunk people i mean I, I had like a beer so don't even blame this on i had a buzz this is just how i get sometimes when things don't go my way just like when luke's fucking hand wouldn't go on in my head i had a certain number of tries to get it on when it went over that number see ya that's when shit just fucking literally the, the hamster in there it quits <laughs> it goes on strike or something and i i start to melt like a freak jumps off the wheel so don't be don't be me don't be me just because it doesn't go your way doesn't mean you need to flame throw the entire evening and everyone else around you (laughs) well there you go so but i will tell you one thing that's not going to make you hit those levels of frustration are these shots from the top five like this one here from at scale galaxy so thank you everybody for submitting shots this week for the top five uh, it was a banger of a top five for sure. Just absolutely incredible artwork all the way down the row. And now we're getting into the Haywood Pop Shot Breakdown of the Week. And it's one of Matt's more recent shots. So, Matt. Holy shit. Yeah, I just put the... I, I, hell, I think I, I shot this two weeks ago. And probably released it last week. So, yeah. What are we looking at, Matt? And, and tell us how you Well, what we're this. looking at here, I'm still rolling with uh, JMB. Remember, Jason B. Michael was on here, and yeah. he suggested or challenged me. He's like, you know what? Take that 100, 100 millimeter macro off and, and go back to your 50 millimeter fix for a little bit. And while I did, I, I still find myself wanting to get really close and making them look life-size versus a more pulled-out shot. But either way, I shot this with a 50-millimeter fix, and we are looking at a very fantastic concept sculpt uh, of Kylo Ren. So here's a little story behind this sculpt we're looking at, because it's clearly not the Kylo Ren Ben Solo we got in TLJ and Tross. So at the end of The Force Awakens... A, a person, an artist that we know of by the name of Venomous was, was trying to figure out or, or, or conceptualize what Kylo may look like after getting his face slashed by Rey. So he came up with it, and I think it's fucking awesome. He came up with this sculpt where Kylo is essentially bald and has a scar that goes from his cheek all the way up into his cranium, kind of like where Darth Vader had some gashes in his head. And then there's also another scar over across his eye, kind of like Anakin had before he became uh, Darth Vader. And then 
a customizer, a, a 3D uh, genius in the community that a lot of you will know, FigureWorks Co., uh, decided to turn it into a 3D printable face sculpt for Black Series figures. So that's the story of this look of Kylo and why he is bald and looks a lot more mean than he did in TLJ. Yeah. So it's kind of like a what if Kylo, right? Like if yeah. Kylo truly embraced his badness and stuck with it and really started to become disfigured from it. I, I think this is kind of where things were going. If Colin was staying on uh, episode nine, because you remember, remember he was fucking with a, with Vader's helmet or something and it starts to like graft itself on his face and he really gets disfigured and fucked yeah. up looking. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of speculation that at the end of T, uh, TFA that, Oh, like we're going to get like, eventually he might not have like the, the big disastrous moment like Anakin had, but like eventually over time, like he'll take enough beating to where yeah. he does kind of form into that like Vader. Yeah. Form. He was doing but, so much, so much dark side voodoo with objects. Like they started to graft onto his face. Yeah. And it, was, uh, it didn't go that way in T and TLJ. So, so that's the, that's the Kylo I'm working with. So it's one of my, uh, cheap customs it's just a tfa body and then i'm using the figure works co head which was technically first designed by venomous and they both re noticed the shot left some nice comments and shared it on their story so appreciate venomous and figure works co for that uh but it's just you know it's just a, a shot of kylo i think looking menacing he's got uh, some of his snow troopers behind him uh, I shot this down in my basement, so this is indoor, so it's all artificial lighting using mostly uh, loom cubes, and then my main overhead light that I love, and I got this tip from Plastic Action, it's an Aki A-U-K-E-Y desk lamp. Okay. It just gives you very nice, uniform-looking white light or warm light if you will so I, I typically use that as my my overhead and like i said in the background you've got some of the first order snow troopers in there the one's got his hood on uh, i just set it up real cheap set up on my table i had a little styrofoam background behind it a little uh, chintzy 112 scale like army dial in front of it just to give the shot a little more scenery because i suffer from creating scenes and tend to just go for portraits so i'm trying to get better at posing and adding more to a scene so that's really the genesis of this shot and i don't really hate it no yeah i, um, I think that like the posing is particularly good um especially in the background figures they're definitely like yeah. you know following in in lockstep with their commander and and you know even the pose from kylo you know kind of looking off yeah, and, you know, and I, I tr don't get me wrong. I, I still struggle with posing like a motherfucker. It just, I can get close. I think it looks good in the viewfinder, but then when I go to the iPad to start wheeling down shots, I'm like, you didn't quite hit the mark again, pal. You know, <laughs> you know better luck next time. Well, I, uh, I think that you're, you, know, you can see some clear progress here happening with this shot. So it's, it's definitely a very clean, nice looking shot, in my opinion, at least. So, uh, all right. But yeah, no. Thank you. Yeah, Matt, I'm, for, I'm trying to be less hateful on myself these days. Uh, my newer stuff, I do. I mean, obviously, I hope my newer stuff looks better than shit that's three or four years old. Uh, but I, a lot of it is I'm just I'm just getting back to you. Like, you know what? I do this for me. I like it. I'm going to post when I feel like it. I don't give a fuck who cares about all the likes and shit. Uh, so I'm trying people it, it's been about a, a two year journey to try to get to a more positive place with toy photography 
but I, I, I'm getting better. I've maintained at least one shoot a week. I mean, it's still way down from what I used to. I mean, when I started this hobby, Nick, it was almost every day I was out there trying to do something. And I know most of them looked like shit, but I just, I love that nonstop doing it. And so these days, just getting back to doing it one day a week, it feels good. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Slow climb back up to that, you know, more often doing those shoots more often, but you know what? Take small steps to get there. So that's the end of the top five. That's the end of Matt's shot breakdown for the week. And that's the end of the show. That's right. So Matt, take us home to the end of this episode. Okay. If you're on the live stream, I am not sitting here rubbing myself underneath the desk there. Now you can see the tail popping up, but Leia, my piggy cat decided to, to jump up. (laughs) <laughs> and for some reason she's like burying herself oh here she is there she is look at her oh you little piggy cut you little piggy cut stop eating so much <laughs> let me let me put the show to bed and then you can jump up all right as nick said it is it's time to say goodbye to the star wars time show uh we went way past our initial estimate of show length but that's what you get with the star wars time show no patreons to give you shitty leaks that are stupid And you're usually going to get anywhere from three to four hours of time to kill. I always love it. And I always know we've gone too long when people start the show with us, Nick. And then they come back in hours later and say, holy fuck, you guys are still going. So that's either good or bad. But either way, it's time to say goodbye. And when we say goodbye, we like to dance a little bit. So here we go. We're shaking. We're shimmying. And we're going to that StarWarsTime.net. It's the best on the internet, even though it's not a com. But we still like it because it's StarWarsTime.net. All right, so StarWarsTime.net, that's where you can get all of our content. That's where we're going to put up our topics that we're going to talk about on the show for the most part. And more importantly, it's how you can get looped in with the Star Wars Time Show, especially if you're new. If you're new and you're still here, <laughs> we've tricked you and we have not offended you yet or we have not been too woke for you yet. But we may get there. Uh, But before you cancel us, we'd love for you to go to StarWarsTime.net and follow us and leave some ratings and reviews on our various podcast platforms. We're on all the good ones. It really doesn't matter. I say them all the time. I'll say it again. Apple, Google, Spotify, TuneIn, Pandora, Stitcher, iHeart, Deezer, RSS. If you want the feed just to look at the code, who knows? We are there. We are available for you. But we do need you to actually subscribe. If you do listen on a podcast platform, please at least say subscribe, remember, favorites, add. And even better, if you could leave us a review or a rating with a review, that is better than Patreon. All right? Because that tells the bots out there that other humans, other organic beings are dumb enough to like the Star Wars time show. So the next time an idiot types in best Star Wars podcast, we'll be inching closer and closer to the top of the charts. I think one of my favorite fans and how they found the show was based on they said our logo looked cheesy enough to give it a try. 
but he would have never seen the Lego without ratings and reviews on the Apple platform, Google, Pandora, so on and so forth. So please, 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 if you know other people, if you are a super fan, we love you, but we already know you're here and we already know you're loyal, so we don't have to kiss your ass anymore. What we need you to do is go out and get other people that are as gullible as you to buy into this nonsense on a weekly basis. Because we do want Sam Witwers. We do want bigger guests. We do want Barris Offies on this show. But as Spencer has finally learned, it takes an audience to get the guests. And we just don't have a big enough one yet. But it can keep going. If you know some screwball out there that likes this kind of off-brand Star Wars talk, fill them in. There is always time for Star Wars time. You all know it. Let's convince some other suckers to learn it. All right? There's always time for Star Wars time. And besides, if you listen to the Star Wars time show, the Force will be with you. Always. Always.